0: What's up bench warmers? Welcome into episode forty-two of the Far End of the Bench podcast with myself, Jimmy Pilato, and my co-host Nico Bryant. We get very, very in-depth in the playoffs. This is the Far End of the Bench playoff special, both the Stanley Cup playoffs and the NBA playoffs. Uh, we have two teams in the fight, the Nuggets and Avalanche, obviously, but we break down all the different matchups through both of those leagues, and then we have some fun with our segments because, you know, the world of sports never ceases to have as much drama and as much content as possible. So we got a packed show for you guys. Be sure to follow us at feotbpod, Pod, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. That's where you can follow our social medias. Also, ColorCast, you can follow us on there, and you'll get a notification whenever we're casting a game. Uh, be sure to follow to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Far End of the Bench, and like our videos. Be sure to turn on the notification bell because we mentioned it in this episode. We got some content that's going to start coming out here uh, more towards the middle of the summer that you guys are going to be wanting to enjoy and everything like that. Also, if you're listening on a podcasting app and not live on the Unhinged Sports Network, Wednesdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern, unhingedsn.airtime.pro you're listening to us on demand please leave a five-star rating and a review we will uh read the review on the podcast if you leave a five-star rating and we want to hear more from you guys tell us what you've been enjoying and what we can uh work on what you'd like to hear us discuss here from the far end of the bench but nico you got to see mellow back at ball arena how was how was that you jimmy, would give him a
1: nice home welcome jimmy don't make me start booing you too
0: well uh, I, I think i look better in cornrows than Mello does but that's, nice. just, that's just <laughs>
1: Puss my line a couple beautiful
0: girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break down, dogs run
1: off. Politicians lie being fired by the policy one What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Well, this week's episode we have to start with something that needs to be discussed right away. Uh so my, for my center attention, let's talk about this melodrama. First of all, I'm, yes, me. I'm going to raise my hand. I was one of the people that booed Mello. I went to game one. I was at game two. I was booing the hell out of Mello. For everyone that says, "Always oh, get over it. It's 10 years, blah, blah, blah. Let me just put some facts on you. First of all, Mello had a TV show with his wife at the time, Lala. And Lala straight up said, I don't want to be here in Denver. And I know you don't either. Let's go find our way in New York. Okay, fine. Then comes out. Paper, Bleacher Report article from 2011 says, well, Mello wants to leave because all the Denver, Denver team or the, the Denver Nuggets team was going to break up because they wanted to go young. Well, that's also not true because by the people by the name of Chauncey Billups said that he wanted to retire here in Denver. So I guess yep. I guess we wanted to ship him when when, when uh, his contract was done. Also, a part of that was Marcus Camby, who wasn't getting very minutes at very many minutes anymore because Nene was getting minutes. And talk about Jr. Kenyon. Also, contract came up. The only reason why we let them go was because we already let Melo tr- get traded. So first of all, the Melo boos were much warranted because he wanted to leave. He left us, and this is the motherfucking playoffs. This is the playoffs. It doesn't matter what team you're wearing, what jersey you're wearing. If you're not a part of our team, then we're not going to be a fan of you. There's extra added bonus because he left us. People are saying, okay, well, Melo uh, put you guys on the map. I'm going to tell you right now. The other number 15 that's on the floor for the Denver Nuggets right now is putting this team on the map more than Melo did. Yeah, that's a bold stake, but I, but I just said that. It's facts. Man, it's it's so ridiculous. Melo will get his doing Denver. He will but not now it is not the time now he will eventually be be awarded something he will be uh he will be given the key to the city blah 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 but while we're playing him in the playoffs and he's on a different team he is going to get booed So whether you like it or not, you do not have, if you weren't a part of this Nuggets team and Nuggets fandom, when Melo asked for a trade in all those terrible years that we had to deal with because Melo wanted to go play in a big city, then you have no right to tell us what what to do as a fan. None whatsoever. Absolutely zero. So whether you like it or not, we're going to continue to boo him when he gets retired and when he gets his due, eventually we'll cheer him. But right now he is our enemy and that's just the way it goes. This episode
0: of the Far Under of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant is brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network in partnership with Fanatics.com. Well, thank you, thank you for uh, saying what needed to be said. And I've been
1: going back and forth with <laughs> way too many people on Twitter, and we finally have an episode coming out, so I finally got to speak my word.
0: Yeah, no, this was this was uh, you. You just got taken to church. This was the Church of Nuggets fandom, and I think the biggest. We said that we wanted people to jump on the Nuggets bandwagon, and we do, because it's they, this team deserves it. But if you weren't a part of this team when the other part – when Carmelo when was first went, on this team. Yeah,
1: when everything went haywire, then I have some news to tell you. You have no right to tell us what to do. You, no right.
0: You don't really get to dictate what we do and don't cheer or boo. And by the way, when was it not okay to boo the opposing team's player – in, yeah, lot, yeah especially
1: playoffs. La, playoffs, right? Like, I mean, I guess it, especially against a team that's a rivalry that we face as many more or we face an even amount. They're in our division. In we our face division. them more times than we than most teams in the league. Yeah. I mean, it's we last time we played a, a home playoff game was against Portland and yeah. game seven on our home court. So obviously there's bad blood there
0: yeah and it's a rivalry because it's two of the mid market teams like we've been talking about, and they're in the same region, and Portland doesn't have anything besides the trailblazers this is their this is what they love, so that's that's going to be a huge thing and, and Carmelo doing what he did on on Saturday night and coming out and playing the way he did that is a little bit salt in the wounded and nuggets fans because that's the first time we we did that stat I gave it to our to the guys at high low that was uh calling the game for color cast. I gave them the stat that Melo had not won yet as an opponent in Denver. Until he broke Saturday, that finally. broke that streak Saturday. It took
1: you eleven years off the back of one of the greatest play- or one of the greatest shooters of all time, and Damian Lillard. Yeah, yeah and you that. have
0: a guard tandem that is probably top five, seven in the league,
1: easily top. I'd say top three, top three, top so three.
0: There's there's a reason for what happened Saturday night, and I think this this series was going to be a battle, and we said that when we were previewing the playoffs when it was Nuggets and Trailblazers. It was gonna be a difficult matchup because the Nuggets have the better inside presence with Jokic and Gordon. And I mean, even MPJ can play around the rim, but the guard play for Portland is gonna be a problem. And then when you add Mello on top of that, the game that we did uh, when they played the they played the Jazz. They, they can get going and, and it's just difficult to stop.
1: Oh, I mean, talk about chippiness. I mean, from right off the bat, things are getting, things are pushing each other. Mm-hmm. Whether it be Zach Collins, who was wearing a drip god outfit, and then game two, he wore this preppy, um, mo- this uh, prep school little outfit with his khakis and uh, polo after wearing all Gucci the first game, which was just ridiculous. Him flipping off. Jamal, the first game also. We'll talk about Jamal here in a minute because he has been a big factor in the yeah. series already, even without playing. But then go go back to game two where Melo shoved Jokic. That, that, that's all you need to know. You got a problem with us. So you want us to cheer Melo for shoving our MVP to the floor? Good job, Melo. You're doing a great job. That's what you want us to do? Because, look, first of all, you, we, we have been shoved down our throat every single candidate other than Nicole Jokic as MVP, and now here we are in the playoffs, and you're telling us who we should boo and who we should not. That's that's as pissed off as we can get. This is terrible. The the Melo fandom is ridiculous. Melo was an all time great Nugget. He was. I'm not denying that. When he was, he's retired. When he gets retired, his number 15 will be up there with Jokic, but. For now, he's playing against us. In the playoffs, he will get booed. I don't give a damn what you think, How? what your problems? is. Oh, Mo, the get over, it's 10 years. All right, well, how about play? Like I, I tweeted this out on Tuesday. Take LeBron James, for instance. He doesn't go back to Cleveland, and he stays in Miami and then leaves somewhere or and sp- stays in Miami, and 10 years later, they play Cleveland in the playoffs. What the fuck's going to happen? They're going to boo the fuck out of him. Yeah. Oh, get over it, though. Get over it, though. Because he re- reignited, your pro- reignited your organization. It's a, it's a two-way street, buddy. Take your favorite player on your team and have them say, I don't want to play in your city anymore and leave to New York or L.A. or wherever, and you tell me that you're not going to have some slight against him.
0: With a couple of your better players as well. And put your put your sending orig- Chauncey
1: Billups along in that trade, and a guy who lived, who was born and raised here, yeah. played high school here, played college here. He wanted to retire Denver Nugget Nugget. Instead, he got shipped around to three different teams end of his career. That's the last thing he wanted to do. Yeah, terrible.
0: It's, it's not a good situation, and Mello really hasn't done anything to warrant being a good guy. He's never he's never been a f- team first guy. He's always been about Mello. And it was when he was with Lala because I believe they're separated now. I don't it know. was about all about Lala and Melo. So it's okay if you, we you don't if, you, it's okay if we don't like him. That's that's the main point.
1: You can get over it. And get, build a bridge and get over it.
0: Let's uh let's get into because we got a lot of recap with all the playoffs. I do
1: on. I would do one say one more thing about this series too before we move on to the rest of the series. Is the Nuggets are playing two two way players. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to think about. The Nuggets stole Marcus Howard and Shaq Harrison have been playing minutes for this team. Playing, and They're two-way players. That means, for people that don't know, two-way players are players that play in the G League and the NBA. Marcus Howard was not getting minutes two weeks ago. Here he is in the biggest game of his life playing in the playoffs against MVP-type player and Damian Lillard and not backing down. I I love this fight, and there I'll tell you right now, this team is not going to back down. They are not backing down. In years past we've been pushed around. We've been we've been scratch clawed and we, we were seen as the little brothers. Mm-hmm. Well this team's not the little brother anymore. This team is pushing people around and saying, I'm gonna fight back and if you're gonna kick my ass, I'm gonna come right back and kick it back.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this is this is uh, when I woke up this morning and saw what the Nuggets and Trailblazers game looked like last night first thing that popped in my head was that would have been a basketball game I would have loved to be watching because they were just going at it. It was very physical. Uh, Nurkic fouled out, right? Nurkic he, fouled out. He fouled Melo out. had five, too. Melo had five. So they're they're going at each other. It was a physical game. Melo also had a technical for the shove that you mentioned to Carmelo. Uh, but I think all around the playoffs, things are being – it's not as high intensity as the NHL playoffs because you're not playing the same team for, like, the 15th time in, in the season. But there is – some really good animosity starting. So let's start going through the bracket, and we'll start in the Western Conference because we had an 8-1 upset in Game 1.
1: Oh, yeah, we did. We had a big-time <laughs> 8-1 upset. I mean,
0: Memphis came out and, and stole Game 1 in Utah, which I don't think... I mean, was that no, something?
1: I, I mean, no one expected that. First of all, everyone already penciled in Golden State to this eighth seed. Yeah. First of all, we can talk about that for a second. Yeah, they go, I forgot about that. Yeah, Memphis running through or Memphis getting a um, Golden State out of the playoffs. That was a huge game by John Morant. Um, so, but, yeah, talk about these this Grizzlies team. They are grit and grind. They have been since Zach Randolph, um, Mike Conley, funny enough, Marcus Old Days, and they are going to give anyone they play in the playoffs a run for their money. It doesn't matter who you are, and when you talk about um, this Utah team, like they are, they are on paper can be one of the best teams in the league. But if they got too many things going against them, if they have Donovan Mitchell who's pissed off at the organization, if you have Rudy Gobert flopping and getting six fouls in a game, you're not going to win games like that. Look, there. When it comes to the playoffs, one of the reasons why the Jazz struggled against the Nuggets and why the Nuggets were able to come back from a three-one lead last last in the bubble was the coaching adjustments that Utah or Utah did not make. Mm-hmm. They they said we're going to play our game and then you're going to have to adjust to us. Well, that's not how the playoffs work. Coaches make, coaches are successful in the playoffs because of the adjustments they make game by game or quarter by quarter even like it's just the small adjustments that will make or break a team. Coach Malone is one of the best, best people at that. Quinn Snyder, who, who is going to be probably coach of the year has not done that in the playoffs. And I am, I mean, we, we, we were missing game two as we're recording this before this, but I'm very, very interested to see how they respond because I mean, Donovan Mitchell coming out saying that he's not happy with the, with the coaches or the people sitting him out. That's just things brewing.
0: I was going to say, do you agree with that, that decision? Because I feel like they, they sat him out for the end of the season so that he'd be ready to go for the playoffs. Why wouldn't you start him in the first game unless I mean, he, you were really overlooking Memphis that bad? He missed out.
1: He, I mean, they must have because he missed the past two weeks before. Right. And so 14-plus days of rest? You're telling me that it's just a little ankle injury? And his Unless his, something's bigger and it's worse than injury that they're, they're not reporting – then it's just stupid.
0: Well, his reaction in the media and coming out and saying, I wanted to play, what the hell is – like, I didn't come – I'm not on the roster so that you can sit me on the bench and I can high-five everybody in my street clothes. I'm here to play. That reaction tells me that I think the team, for whatever reason, just decided that, hey, we might be better without him in the lineup. Maybe we can get him another Maybe day rest. Maybe we can steal a game. But that's – that's, that's not, not how, a good that's that, not a smart strategy that is in the not how the playoffs that's, work that's that's as dumb a strategy as the clippers thinking if you tank for the last six games of the season as hard as, as possible that's not going to carry over into the postseason which we can talk about and uh, and move on the best the, the best series.
1: players on each team unless you are have a season-ending injury you mm-hmm. are going to be playing in the playoffs mm-hmm. there is no resting your best players the only reason why the Nuggets don't have Jamal Murray is because of his little ACL injury that he had. Yeah. Jamal, would, If he Jamal had some sort of ankle injury, he would have been thrown out there. His minutes may have been cut down, but you throw your guy out there because he, at the end of the game, the last five minutes of the game, doesn't matter how injured you are. If your team needs a bucket, Donovan Mitchell is going to be there for you. And, man, it's uh, look, you, you talk about what Donovan Mitchell means to Utah, blah, blah, blah. Something that I thought was kind of funny is if Donovan Mitchell decides to leave – their uh, new uh, part owner is Dwayne Wade, hmm. and I think all he fans, I think D Wade still has some love for that Miami culture down there. Imagine D Wade in his first off season goes to the management and says, "Donovan Mitchell wants out. I'm trading into Miami." <laughs> oh okay. man! Oh man! Imagine oh. that the 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 tampering for that. Pat Riley calls oh, up, oh, "Hey yo, yeah, D Wade, that's, uh, that's how you, how tampering. you doing, buddy?" I was like, "What do you want for Donovan Mitchell?" Uh. It was like, well, you guys didn't let me get partnership. I was like, well, we'll give you a little bit. We'll let you come back. We'll let you come back. Come home. I was yeah. like, all right, I'll give you Akpala, and, we'll, and I'll come back home. He trades Don Mitchell to Miami and then goes and then leaves you a dog. How funny would that be?
0: Does Dwayne Wade have that kind of pull? Cause we saw oh, what kinda, hell yeah. What kinda, we Absolutely. saw what kind of pull LeBron had because he should have been suspended for game one of that series well, for true. Uh, COVID protocols. If we're going to make it fair, we know that it's not fair. So does Dwayne Wade have that kind of pull? Because oh, if absolutely. he has that kind of pull, he'll get away with that tampering. Oh, absolutely. Adam Silver will happily look the other way as he starts counting more money. Because I think a Donovan Mitchell Heat jersey might sell out within thirty seconds. Yeah, seconds. It <laughs> would be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm Donovan, getting this.
1: Donovan Mitchell is pl- is now playing under one of his favorite players in D Wade. Mm. He there is there is no doubt of how much he loved D Wade in Miami. Just just go look at articles. I mean. He – if that happens, man, D-Wade has a pull. D-Wade is going to be a Hall of Famer, yeah. and he's a damn good player. And he was – I mean, he hasn't done anything as an owner – part owner yet. But that would be – oh, man. Utah Funny fans would is be so pissed off.
0: He hasn't done anything as a part owner, but he's already better than Jordan is. And Jordan's been an owner of the team for a very long, long time. Very true. Uh, let's transition now to the next series in the West, and that is the – you actually called – for an upset in this one, before oh, going yeah. into it, Dallas and, and Los Angeles. This was a rematch from last year's bubble first round two where Cl- Los Angeles struggled with the Mavericks, and Dallas took Game One behind the strength of Luka Doncic with a triple double. They I mean, punked LA in yeah. the first
1: game. Punked yeah. them. It was I mean, like I said, we that game's also after we're recording here tonight, so we'll have to look back on that game yeah, a little bit later. Two.
0: But uh, in Game One, Luka ended with. Uh, let me. I'm gonna pull it up here. He had 34 points, 34 points, um, 11 assists, and I believe he had 10 rebounds too. So sure. he did have yeah. the triple-double. It, it, it was just – that's that was my big thing, and I mentioned it just a couple seconds ago. Los Angeles, with the way they ended the season, when you suck that bad, even down the stretch, and you know, okay, well, we're not playing our best players – that culture that you're then bringing over into the postseason is not going to be a, c- a successful culture. You're going to have to get over the fact that you guys suck for the last five games of the season and then get back into playing playoff basketball. And that's I, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why Los Angeles never gets out of the starting gates in the playoffs.
1: We, we are seeing one of, the, one of the big casualties and fatalities of resting your guys in big games. Yeah, this is the Re- load management. This series. is the load management coming back to bite them in the ass because this team has not... That has had very very few games at full strength. Mm-hmm. Here they are at full strength, and they don't know what they're doing because, oh, is this Paul George's team? Hell no! Is this Kawhi's team? Probably. Should be, like Kawhi what, doesn't want like, it. Like, like what? Like what in the world? This team does it has no identity. Mm-hmm. They have not played together all season. They have not figured. That, well, we're going to tank these last couple of games so we avoid the Lakers. Well, you're going to get your ass kicked by the next great one, Luka Doncic. Look, look, Dallas is not. Mm-hmm. Dallas is not a not a, a full team. They are they are not as good as they were last year. I'll say it right now. They're not as deep as they are last year. Porzingis is not the old Porzingis of old, and but Luka Doncic is on a mission. Mm-hmm. And if, if one man is on a mission, one man can win a series. I'll tell you that. It's it's a, it's weird to say that, but one man can win four games out of seven. Yeah, it may take a seven-game series, but Luka can will a team to four wins.
0: I think there's a couple guys that we can talk about possibly being able to win a series, and we'll get to another one when we start talking about the Eastern Conference but for the Clippers moving forward is that the biggest thing that they have to do they have to just figure out their identity and how they're going to go forward they're going to go through these playoffs because I feel like if they find a solution that's going to work they should stick with it I obviously they can the coaching can not be what I'm expecting it to be in my head but I think I mean, do the Clippers have enough to maybe make a run if they're able to get their mind right?
1: Do they have enough? Yes, they absolutely have enough. They one hundred percent have. So enough. So they should be. Uh, they, they should sh- be theoretically a Western Conference should, Finals team. Yes, they should theoretically be one of the best teams in the NBA. Okay. But on but what they do on on core is completely different. They got, they are the definition of all bite no bark. Or sorry, all bark, no bite. That's right. Yeah. Wow. I would say all, the Nuggets yeah. are
0: all bite, no bark. Yeah, we're all they're,
1: bark, no. They're all bark, no bite. Yes, like they they go. constantly chirp. They 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 act like they're bigger than themselves. There's only two players on that roster that have ever won anything. Batcher Beverly hasn't done shit. Luke Kennard has not done shit. They have done nothing. Serge Ibaka and Kawhi Leonard are the only two people that deserve any shit talking. Those two dudes are quieter than a mouse. Everyone else talks like they're bigger than life and that they're the man. Like, oh, man, yeah. I, I run the West. Oh, your ass is getting punked by a 21-year-old Slovenian little kid.
0: Yeah, well, that, that Slovenian is pretty dirty. He, he's uh, not afraid to get into the dirty areas and crotch shot you a, a time or two because sure. he did get suspended for that one game. Um, I think that one – you see that one going seven? seven? Do you oh, think that, Dallas that, that's it a series
1: seven? that – um, it's gonna be it, it's a weird how, it, I mean there's, there's different personalities to the playoffs. This, this applies to hockey as well. It is a seven game series, if you steal one on the road, you did your job. Mm-hmm. You did your job. Now you get to come home and you try to win two. then the, then the uh, pressure goes to the other team. Yep. The other team because the other team now has to win one on the road. And that's a much harder situation, and then because look, if you are able to steal one on the road, like Portland did, like a lot of these teams did, honestly in the West outside of uh, Phoenix and or out, outside of Phoenix until we until game two, unless they lost here, um, they're able to steal one, and now you come home and you can win two, yeah. and then you're at a three one lead, and then the advantage is your way. It's a it, it's a two game series basically. You start the first two games on the road or at home. It's important to win. Try to win both at home. And if you're able to steal one on the road, then you're set up for more success because you took home court back.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing. And all the different commentators, whether you were watching NHL playoffs or NBA playoffs the past week, have said the pressure really doesn't start to build. You don't really have pressure in the series until you lose one at home. That was the – for whatever reason, the national media will talk about the NHL playoffs, but the national media wanted the avalanche to lose, and they kept talking about, well, okay, they won both games at home. It really doesn't get bad until you lose one on the road. So the Blues are still in this thing. And they didn't do that. (laughs) Yeah, no, they didn't do that. But um, moving on to the Denver-Portland series, it's a fist fight, man. These two teams, there's really not that much difference now with the roster-wise of who's going to be on the floor because of all the injuries to Denver. I think if Jamal Murray's on the court, we
1: sweep them. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, with Jamal, not, well, we have Jamal Murray, Will Barton, and PJ Dozier fully healthy. We sweep these guys. This team is not better than us at all. We have, like I said, we have two two way players. I, I'm biased here. You can say I'm biased, but whatever. We are playing two guys that are. we playing three guards. Excuse me, three, three guards that are either rookies or two way players. Yeah. Shaq Harrison, Faku Gambazo, and uh, and and Marcus Howard are getting big time minutes. And we are coming out swinging. Like, I I love it. I freaking love it.
0: Game 1, 123-109, the Trailblazers steal the first game at home and then, in Denver, and then 128-109. It seems like it's not going to be – no team is really going to take a stranglehold on this series. This one, as much as I don't really want it to, it it could go 7, depending on what kind of Dane Lillard shows up. Dane Lillard from the first half of Game 2 shows up for an entire game. You just got to chalk that one up as a loss at this point because Dame in the first half of Game 2 was out of his mind.
1: See, look, as I'm sitting there watching Game 2 and Game 1, I mean, especially Game 2 is what I'm thinking to myself is, okay, when Jokic gets off the floor – they're going to leave Dame in because they feel as though they can get some stretch. Because when Dame was scoring, I hate to tell you all that, I know all the national media is looking at Dame, but Jokic was scoring on the other end. Obviously, it was a three versus two, so they were creeping back in the game. Yeah. But, but, I mean, they were, we were trading back and forth buckets. When Jokic is off the floor, you have to weather the storm. You have to slowly compose yourself and don't get the game out of hand or don't lose a huge lead. When that bench came in, comes in, great. Absolutely incredible second game from, um, excuse me, Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap was a big X factor in that game too. Same with Monte Morris off the bench. That second unit they come in. Ter- ter- Terry Stotts is in a position where his job's on the line. They lose, he's probably gone. So. He's going to play Dame probably all 48 minutes. Dame is going to be playing at least minimum of 40 minutes.
0: I don't think Dame wants to be out of the game for more than a couple minutes. A couple minutes time. anyway. So when it comes to playoffs, Dame is committed to
1: playing a full 48 minutes yeah. or whatever. So that second do. unit, you have to get the dogs. You have to have the role players like Shaq Harrison who stepped up at the end of the second quarter and the end of the third quarter to defend Dame. Yeah. So going forward, like I said, you just have to grit and grind and get – gritty buckets at the end uh, in that second unit especially 115 is off the floor
0: another guy that stepped up big to guard dame and uh well in the first half of game two dame i think had like 33 points 34 yeah, yeah. points eight threes, yeah. and uh <laughs> well i didn't realize it was eight threes so that's a little bit more impressive but aaron gordon got switched to defend him in the second half held him to two 10 points in two quarters do you think that's something they can do consistently or do you think that was maybe uh you can probably rotate it in, but do you think Aaron Gordon can pro- can guard Dame for an entire game? That's something I
1: was calling for since game one. It only took Mike. Michael, sorry, not Mike. It's Michael, Michael not Mike. Yeah. It's Michael. Don't call him Mike. No,
0: Michael <laughs> deserves a lot of respect. We're not, we're not disrespecting yeah, Michael. Michael, here. Michael. M-
1: Michael over there. Um, I was calling for Michael to do that in the but for game one mm-hmm. because look, we don't have the guard defensively. Faku, as fun as he is. He, he's not going to be able to guard Dame for 48 minutes. He's a
0: much better off-ball defender. Like you forget he's just that Paschke, he's on the floor yeah. next to you, and then
1: all of a sudden he has the ball, and you're like, "What? I just exactly I was dribbling that on-ball one-on-one defender, not the greatest against Dame. Ag, what I said is you got to get Dame off the three-point line. You got to force him to drive and pass. He doesn't. He's looking to score every time he has the ball on the floor. And when he's at the top of the key at the logo, as we saw in game two, he's going to pull. Yeah. You have to step up and force Dame to drive the ball. Once you do that, you crash, and then you get out to the shooters. Because consistently, they were t- shooting not as good, but that's because of the contested shots. Game one, there was way too many uncontested shots Portland was taking. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why they got up to that big lead. And Anthony Simons, the dunk contest champion, we had three threes for a sake in the third quarter, and things just got out of hand. So by, making, by pushing Dame off the three-point line – it's it, you are forcing the other guys around you to beat you. Mm. Um, I, I saw it was it was kind of funny. After game one, Nurkic said, we're going to let Jokic score all the points he he wants, but we're going to make sure that no one else does anything. And it worked for them. Game one, Jokic only had one assist. Right. Go back into game two, I mean, they were moving. They were constantly doing more things, and Nuggets were easily winning that game. Game one, I was watching the tape, and Jokic, I mean, when Jokic touched the ball, all eyes were on him, but no one was moving. But it was all standstill. Game two, completely different story. Michael, Michael, sorry, I'm going to say it right. Michael was making sure that his team was constantly moving. And that's the best thing you have because you have shooters like MPJ. You have shooters like... Wow, I'm gonna say this, Faco Capazzo, who can who can consistently Faco's a, dec- a shooter, yeah, maybe he is now consistently halfway decently shoot. You have to be able to kick and drive and move and move without the ball, backdoor cut. Because like I said, all eyes are gonna be on 15. And if Portland quote unquote stops Jokic after he's averaging 36 stops points Jokic a game, with a 34 point, yeah, yeah. So I I mean it's 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 a, we're gonna see need to see a lot more of what we saw in Game Two for the Nuggets. If they're gonna win this series.
0: You know who Faku reminds me of? He reminds me of the guy in the Latin American country that pickpockets you and you can never identify him. Oh, absolutely. He looks like every – These all guys – All of them probably pickpocketed me at at one point. Um, Five
1: foot ten and balls of steel. I'll tell you that. No,
0: and he runs over seven footers on the regular. That's one thing. Um, So that that Aaron Gordon blueprint, you think that's what they're going to stick with? I don't
1: know if he's going to be able to do that for a full 48. I think um – I think we could very easily see that at the end of games, Mm in the beginning of games. I think we could see a lot more of of, uh, Shaq Harrison. Shaq Harrison was a utility guy that Malone used at the end of the – at the end of quarters, yeah. so I think we could see some more of that. Him crack the, him crack the lineup a little bit more here and there. What, can,
0: what can Portland do to combat? Because now they know what Aaron Gordon's going to bring against some, Someone's
1: going to have a mismatch. Mm-hmm. It, when, you, when AG is on Damian Lillard, someone's going to have a mismatch. Whether it be another guard on, on Melo or Robert Covington, which Covington has had terrible games, or McCollum's going to have a mismatch. And McCollum was having a pretty good second half when they slowed down Damian Lillard. So that's where their offense is going to have to come from if you're Portland. Well, that's because
0: that's the one thing you got to – you showed your hand when you put Aaron Gordon on to Dame Lillard. Now you got to expect for them to come back with something else to try and nullify because that's – that's a playoff, playoff basketball comes goes, down yeah. to a lot of coaching. That's why Greg Popovich teams are always deadly when they get into the playoffs because you know he's going to have something to combat what he sees on the floor. Um, uh, last series in the West, and it's fun for me to talk about this because the Lakers lost by nine – Ninety nine uh, ninety, LeBron is. I think LeBron just wants the camera on him at all times during this playoff series. Did you see the pardon my take thing oh that's man, been going on? Yeah, he
1: had long, He had uh, he was like forty seconds on the ground. One of the one of the hockey players. Well,
0: he he dove for like the rebound or something and fell, and he was down on the ground. Everybody was like, "Oh no, LeBron, you okay?" And like two guys started fighting off in the corner, and everybody went to the scrum, and LeBron like, it didn't. They. They have, like, video of him. He doesn't really look around, but in my head, he, like,
1: got up. What was it? Oh, crap. No one's looking. And then
0: moved over into the camera angle and then laid down again. He's like,
1: ah! Jesus. Ah! The eye poke thing in, in the uh, um, playing game was, was also just triple. terrible. Hit was... the one in the middle. I mean that was a good game winner. Don't get it wrong, but yeah, it's, it's he's just
0: he's making it so cheesy with what he's
1: oh constantly <laughs> he has to make it cheesy. That's that that's oh. what his goal hit goal is. Yeah. constantly.
0: I think this is how he's trying to sell tickets for Space Jam too. Oh, I mean he's he's
1: not doing. He, I mean they already said Michael Jordan's probably going to be in it, so there's tickets enough that he's making a cameo appearance. Oh
0: God, that's not <laughs> yeah, be yeah be I know it's gonna good, be good. good.
1: He's going on on, but with this series, man. First of all. Anthony Davis fucking sucked. He was so bad. Game one, DeAndre Aiden, man-child him. Mm. We talk. Look, this is not a hot take in my opinion, but Anthony Davis is the softest big man in the league, big time. Softest big man. He is. He is. When whenever he has a bigger defender against him, he can't do shit. Mm. He can't do shit. He he is he is soft in the post. When he tries to get out defensively, he's good around younger people, smaller people. DeAndre Ayton is much, much bigger and much stronger than Anthony Davis in only his second year. That's That's crazy. Or third year, excuse me.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's been a thing about – I remember that. I remember hearing that about Anthony Davis all the way back when he was at uh, – Kentucky, Kentucky, yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it makes sense. That's why everybody last year – because Bam didn't finish out the finals, right? He ended up getting hurt for that series.
1: I or think partially, yeah. He,
0: was, he had something going on with him. That was a big reason why everybody made such a big deal about that because if Bam is on the floor, you're going to have somebody that can nullify Anthony Davis because we know Anthony Davis doesn't want to play in the paint. He, his size works so that he can bully, bully Boy, guys. bully people, yeah. But he really doesn't. He would much rather play along the perimeter. When he shoots those three-pointers at the end of games where they're blowing teams out, he thinks in his mind that's what he should be doing the whole time. Also keep in mind this is a guy who thinks a unibrow is a good look. So, yeah, take what it, it, thinks he's of not known assault. for the yeah. best judgment. Um, is Devin Booker, Devin are we Booker finally star. going to start seeing what he can do? Is this going to be mean, where he starts cementing a legacy now?
1: Yeah, I think it's the beginning. The one thing I am a little bit worried about, obviously we aren't watching game two yet, but the Lakers did lose game one last year. Oh yeah, no, so that's you gotta pump the brakes. Game once. You gotta you gotta pump the brakes because two three is still over there, yeah. um, and he will there is no one better in the world in any sport that can will a team to victory than LeBron James. Mm -hmm. LeBron James, if he puts his mind to it and is capable, he can will a team to at least three or four wins. So that's why I'm so worried with Phoenix, because if the Nuggets do win this series against Portland, uh, we play the winner of that series and play facing the Lakers. Hopefully the Suns bang them up and if, or are able to win or they make it a long series (laughs) Because oh. the Lakers don't want to keep playing games, that they want to get out of the series fast, and they very well may get their ass whooped soon.
0: That's crazy to think that we're talking about NBA caliber teams laying down in front of the Lakers as like speed bumps, trying to knock off. Like they're going to the NBA Finals is the location that they can't get to, and they're rolling down the road, and it's like, okay, Suns go. Okay, they got ran over, but at least they knocked off the wheels. All right, Nuggets go. Oh, uh, uh, he's still going. They're they're not stopping.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Just, um, that's the LeBron factor. Yeah, the LeBron
0: factor. And I think LeBron holds the stat of having the most seri- playoff series where he hasn't lost three games, more than two games in a row. Because I know he's yeah. lost two games in a row because they went down 2
1: They went down 3-1 against Golden State. But I don't think they lost go,
0: three and then – yeah, I they, think didn't they, went, win, they didn't win. They lost lose. two and then won the game in the in between and then lost. Uh, yeah, they didn't. At home. They
1: didn't lose two in a row at all in the playoffs last year. Yeah,
0: he's he knows what to do in a seven game series because he's played in probably the Many most them, seven yeah. game series as anybody that can be on the at, on the NBA court at this point. Um, after the first weekend or so of the playoffs in the West, who's your real? Stalwart. Who do you think is going to be actually be able to make a run at
1: things? Man, I look, I want to say Phoenix because, look, Phoenix showed me a lot game one because I'm not sold. I mean, look, I would love to say the Nuggets, but let's be honest, this, this train is not going to keep rolling on forever no. because of the injuries we have. Um, we're if holding we're it to, together with glue and duct tape. Yeah, we're holding it together very, very strongly. but And Utah worried me a lot. I I would love to say Utah, but like Utah worried me a lot in Game One. If Donovan Mitchell is consistently playing, Utah is still my. uh, I don't want to say favorite coming out of the West, but they should be the favorite coming out of the West.
0: All right, so still Utah, and uh, I think that's a fair assessment. It all could go – I mean, I think if Phoenix beats Los Angeles and uh, the, the Ma- Mavericks end up finishing out that upset, oh, man. It, it all could just blow up in everybody's face. You talked about when we were when we were initially looking at the bubble pl- uh, playoff bracket, you're like, I might just want chaos because we didn't get a lot of chaos. We got March Madness this year. Let's get a little extra March Madness yeah, um, in the NBA Finals. The NBA
1: would, would rather die than have uh, Utah, Denver um, – uh, Utah, Denver, Phoenix, and what's oh, Dallas and yeah. the, and as their top four in the West. Imagine that. They would be so four, pissed.
0: Out of those four, the only team that they can really make a claim as a major market would be Dallas. So if, the, if those were the four, ESPN would then only show Luka Doncic, and it would just be his smiling face. Slova- Slovenian face. Slovenian? Serbians? He's not Serbian. No, Jokic, a Ser-
1: Jokic is Serbian. Jokic is Serbian. Donch is a Slovenian. Slovenian. Yeah.
0: Yes. He's just going to show his smiling Slovenian yeah. face. Um,. I really hope that happens. I have a couple I would that love are Suns that. fans. I, I would know love that you that probably happen, have yeah. a lot of Suns fans back from school. I mean, I'm, like,
1: I'm, I like I like the Suns too. Like, I, don't get me wrong, I'm a diehard Nuggets fan, but the Suns has been able to. I've been able to watch a lot of games when I was at school down there, and yeah. they are fun to watch. So,
0: hey, Suns fans! At least we aren't the Jazz, right? Yeah, at least we true. aren't the Jazz. All right, uh, let's move on to the Eastern Conference and uh, the one-eight matchup there, Philadelphia. They could be. I mean, we 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 talked a lot of shit about Philadelphia because we're they gonna deserve it. We're going to constantly talk shit yeah, about Yeah, they, they deserve it. Their fan base doesn't do them any favors either. So we're going to continue to talk our shit about the 76ers, but they are still a pretty damn good team. Yes. Joel Joel and um, Ben Simmons had good games, but where the hell did Tobias Harris come from dropping 30, 33
1: points? Well, first of all, let me put some facts on people. Tobias Harris is a bucket. He has been a bucket. He has been a – three and D type player one of the best biggest definitions of a three and D type player for so long and Tobias man, he came out firing if the Sixers are going to win the title this year and make a deep run it's going to be off the backs of, of Embiid and Ben Simmons mm-hmm. but if Tobias Harris is able to get this team going it's incredible because look one of, one of the big things that Greg Popovich said after I think it was 2015 or maybe 2014 NBA Finals was, yes, we had the big three and Tim Duncan, Mono Ginobili, and Tony Parker, but where the series won was four through 15. Everyone else outside the big three. Because when your role players are stepping up, championship teams aren't just the top heavy. It is everyone else around them that role players are fitting into their roles Upon intended and being able to do what they need to do on a nightly basis, and Philadelphia, if they're able to have that, they are going to be very deadly.
0: Well, I mean, do you count Ben Simmons as one of those star players? Do you count oh, him as a role he's, player? He's, because he he went, he had six, fifteen, and fifteen.
1: So. He, he's, his he's, offense is he, his right, offense yeah. has never been good. Yeah. He, like he he's a star player, don't get me wrong, but he's not going to score. So no. obviously Tobias Harris has to be able to do this on a nightly basis. Or you have Seth Curry do that on a nightly basis. Um, they have they have good players, shooters around Danny Green comes to mind also. Ben Simmons is not gonna get you points. So you're gonna have to have the, the way your system is set up, and if Embiid is not having a good game, you better have somebody else going. Because Ben Simmons is not gonna be able to do that.
0: No, that's not the break glass in case of emergency. You might actually rather have the coach take a shot before Ben Simmons actually true, takes a yeah. shot. Um, do you think that – is there
1: any way that Washington can pull off this upset? Or Washington, this? I think, is going to make it interesting. Okay. I, I think I think they'll make it somewhat is, of a but series. But this isn't
0: the series where the 76ers meltdown is going to
1: happen? No, not yet. Probably uh, next. Probably next in the next round.
0: Uh, and that's – I mean, the, the other game on this side of the bracket, the 4-5 in the East – what a, game, what a game! First of all, Trey Young. A game. He's a. Uh, you make your, your legend cold, status bro. when you play ice in cold. these legendary arenas, and what he did in MS, MSG, that was that, that's a, that's the other guy that I was talking about. He might be able to win a playoff series, especially oh. in this in this portion of the playoffs. This is a playoff series where Trey Young himself can will the Atlanta Hawks past the New York
1: Knicks. Trey Young is so damn special, man. He is such a bucket. What he was able to do in the fourth quarter there, mm-hmm. he silenced a. Full packed house, New York Madison Score Garden. First playoff game in eight years, by the way, or seven years, excuse me, in that building. No. That's crazy. And Trey Young comes in and and shushes everyone with his thumb or his finger, pointing finger, way too high up his eyebrow, which is a, kind of funny. He um, didn't
0: go to Oklahoma for uh, academic reasons. But I mean,
1: I, I look, I'm a big Trey Young fan. Mm. I, I think he's so much fun to watch. He's a he's a great ball player. But I mean, the Knicks team. Talk about the Knicks. They they fought. Yeah, no, and was... shout out, shout out, Alec Burks, bro. Alec Burks, CU Buff alumni. He was balling. He was. I mean, you talk about one of the streakiest players in the NBA history. Alec Burks should be in that conversation. The dude can have one night where he doesn't decide to play and and doesn't really do much, where he has four points, mm-hmm. or he could come out and drop thirty like he did against the Hawks in Game One. Yeah. Like he he just gets whatever he wants when he when he wants to. That's just when he wants to. He's had more of these games where we're like, Alec Burks is fucking doing this. Like, he is one of the, he's one of the few players that I re- remember in recent history that have had the most ridiculous one or two game spurts mm. in NBA history and then just fallen off.
0: Well, this game is happening as the day that this is being released. So, what's your prediction for the Hawks and Knicks game two?
1: I think Knicks steal game or get game two game back. Game two. I think I think it's one one going in Atlanta. Look, Atlanta did exactly what they needed to do. Steal one on the road, especially in a four five matchup. It's going to be back and forth constantly. I think New York will still be able to come back and, and take. It's, this is a, this is going to be a seven game series, yes. six or seven guaranteed. Um, but I think Atlanta does give one back, or New York does get one back. This is why you
0: guys got to listen to the live premiere on the Unhinged Sports Network because if you're not, that doesn't mean anything to you. Um, but then looking at that line too, New York is favored by two and a half. Um, do you take them to cover the spread? Do you think it? Yes. Well, I mean, two it, and a half is kind of. Or
1: two, two points. Yeah, two two and a half. That's kind of a that's uh, that's a line that you don't take money line, uh, that you take that line. Two 12
0: and a half is the over under. Take, what about Ooh, that? I take the over, probably
1: now. over. Yeah, I might take it's the a Trey Young now. game. You should probably yeah, take the over. Playoffs, like a lot of the playoff games, have been hitting the over like no other. Every single yeah, Nuggets game, by the way, hit every single Nuggets Blazers game. This series, take the over. I promise yeah. you, take the over. Well, the don't, winner has to score 130 points. Yeah, don't take the under at all in, in any of the Nuggets Blazers series, unless it's like 260.
0: Yeah, the only the only game that didn't look like they could score points was the Nuggets and Suns, and that was 99 to 90. It wasn't like they didn't score yeah. a whole bunch. Uh, the next matchup in the Eastern Conference, and we get Milwaukee, kind of trying to shake off the playoff monkey. Milwaukee has woken series. up. How
1: about that? First of all,
0: everybody saw. Everybody thought the Knicks were going to come out there and just slap them in the face.
1: Yeah, the, the Heat have. Uh, the, heat, the, heat, the yeah, heat, Yeah, the Heat were. The heat were gonna everyone, in the including myself, I'll be. I'll be honest. Yeah, I was, was going to say I
0: heard that take from you. you I
1: know, was one of the people that thought didn't want to throw you
0: under the bus, but
1: yeah, that thought Miami would give at, them would give them a run for their money. But I'll tell you one thing. If Paul George wasn't um, – and, and talks about constantly, Jimmy Butler's had a terrible first, first couple of games. Yeah. And things will change. They'll go back to Miami. Don't you worry. But, I mean – Got to get that look. sun.
0: Got to get that vitamin D.
1: Middle- Chris Middleton had one of the nicest – Game winners I have seen. Talk about a great uh, looks Kobe esque. Honestly, off the wing, he leaned up to the basket, nailed the shot, um, and sent the Bucks into a game one win. And game two, they just demolished. Mm-hmm. So look, this this Heat team, they're gonna have to lock in defensively because they gave up way too many points, way too fast against the Bucks team. The Bucks team just came out swinging, throwing haymakers. Yeah. And the Heat had no answer whatsoever.
0: No, I think this is really. Milwaukee wants to make a statement. They want oh, to be. They want to win a playoff series, obviously. But being able to beat the Heat in a playoff series, a team that knocked you off last year yeah, too. Everybody thinks the Milwaukee would be so good if they just had the Miami Heat mentality. Fuck that. Let's make it the Milwaukee Bucks mentality and beat these guys.
1: Let's beat That's them. So weird to say. Yeah, I know. So weird. It's the Milwaukee Bucks mentality. I'm trying to, we're trying to help the mid-market teams. Remember, true, they are true. a mid-market team. You're right. You're right. You're right.
0: There are there are team of the Eastern Conference not named the Miami Heat. Miami's too big of a market, anyways. Um, the last matchup there, Brooklyn and Boston. Brooklyn Bo- leads
1: one zero, but they are they are storming game two. Also, they are oh rolling boy. game two. We had one oh nine eighty two. They are. Yeah, it's, it's a two lead for Brooklyn. Well, this that is that makes
0: one be- of the questions I was gonna ask Nolan Voigt then, because I was gonna say, are we gonna be able to start seeing the legend of Jason Tatum be created?
1: I mean, he, he, because he
0: would have to win this series. He, he wouldn't have there's, any
1: help. Boston is going to be done in 4 or 5. They They're not going to. They, they may get one game at home.
0: Even though it's the Knicks? Or no, the, the
1: Nets? The, yes. The talent that Brooklyn has just outweighs it. Yeah. That may that talent for Brooklyn may hurt them later on in the playoffs, but not this round. The empty
0: gauntlet of no rings. Yeah,
1: they are going to get their asses fucking clapped so fast. This series is going to be – look, I'm calling right now. I'm calling a sweep. I don't think Boston – Kyrie is going to go back to Boston, and it's been Harden and KD have been whooping your ass. Now Kyrie is, oh, hi, I'm still over here. Yeah, I'm remember me? <laughs> so he's going to come in and, and work Boston now. So Boston is lucky to get one game. This series is going to be over so fast.
0: Yeah, they're depleted by injury. It would be a different conversation, I think, if they were fully healthy. But right now they're basically the scene from Rush Hour 2 where in the, the salon Chris Tucker – or not the Chinese restaurant. Chris Tucker gets kicked in the face. Which one of y'all kicked me? Me, I did. Everybody can. We just—that—that's not even a matchup at this point. It's Is not, that the
1: only sweep that you see happening though? Yes, one hundred percent. Every other, other sweep in the West that I thought could have happened, it's been a split or there's been a, a game one upset. So, there you go. That's—I mean,
0: what—what's your overall takeaway of the first round and a half of playoff games so far? First
1: of all, the first eight. First game ones were some of the most entertaining basketball I've ever watched. I think we are, like, this playoffs is going to be absolutely nuts. I think we're going to see upsets everywhere. There is no clear-cut winner. You could say Brooklyn, but Brooklyn could struggle in the second or third round of playoffs. But, man, every single game one was down to the wire, nitty-gritty, just absolute wars. And that's what you want to see because there's fans back in the arena. People are – Feeding off the fans now. The bubble is a completely different story. You had to feed off your teammates. Now the fans are hyping you up, booing the other team, whatever it may be, and it is fantastic to see because that's the atmosphere that we all miss so much. And getting that back, I think this this first round of playoffs, don't be surprised if we see some very, very big upsets.
0: I think we can talk about that for the NHL playoffs too, and that's where we'll transition now and and kind of – run through because we do have our first two teams that have officially moved on a couple teams still have the opportunity to move on but they have to close out their series but I think we talked about it last week the first four games of the NHL playoffs were all overtime games and then we've seen a few games go double triple overtime pretty regularly and not all not all the matchups have gone the ways that we we were expecting
1: this has been very, very tricky and very yeah, weird because there's been some series that we thought would be over so fast that have been playing ridiculous games. Talk about Nashville, Car- Carolina. They're, uh, yeah, two, I feel bad. Two double overtimes. Yeah. And then, oh, man, I mean, we'll go series by series here in a minute, but it has been absolutely nuts back and forth. The only dominance was the team uh, that we cover constantly, yeah. so that's kind of nice. The
0: team that we love with all of our hearts and will be dropping as much money as possible to go see play one time. In person for the first time in a year and a half? Yeah. All right, let's uh let's go by division. So we'll start in the West and that means we get to talk about the Avalanche because they were the first team to officially advance. Edmonton allowed Winnipeg to be the become the second team or the third team to 13, actually yeah. advance. But they did get the sweep of St. Louis. Four one, six three, five one, and five two were the finals. And I mean this one I think the, th- the two stars, two main stars that you got to talk about in this series, Nathan McKinnon and Philip Grubauer. Absolutely. For the two opposite reasons, because you got Grubauer making damn sure that the other team, I mean, he, the most he gave up is three. And you have Nathan McKinnon on the other end, who had nine points, was the fastest player in the NHL to nine points in the postseason in a, a few years, or, or I think is the stat. He's... He is making sure that he finally leaves a playoff legacy. This is something totally different. I mentioned it last week in my center of attention. This Avalanche team has a different feel about them than the last couple years. They've been good for the last couple years. They've been able to make a run for the last couple years. This doesn't seem like they're making a run. This just seems like they're taking care of the business that they set out to. Oh, this
1: team is unreal, first of all, man. Shout out Groob, man, because Groob has played unreal. We talked about it last week after game one. This, this team like it's 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 just, they just play different. This team is not getting pushed around. We talked about Landy fighting after Game One, like St. Louis did not. I mean they didn't put up a fight. No. Like I said, the most fight they had was game one when Bington walked down the ice and shoved it in Grubauer's face, and then Grubauer decided, oh, I'm just going to outplay you. Fuck yeah. that. I'm just going to outplay you. I'm, I'm gonna just going to sure. stop
0: more pucks because that's what we're on there yeah, You can do. talk
1: your shit all you want. You can try to hype your team up all you want because my team is unbelievable, and I'm going to make sure that I'm not the outlier to make this team fail.
0: Yeah, Grubauer just wanted to make sure that he didn't become the squeaky wheel. That was all he needed to do because we know how good that team is up front and in, in front of Grubauer, but. What he was able to do, I mean, shout out, I mean, I don't want to shout out Jordan Bennington, but he did play great, too. He was the only reason why the St. Louis Blues, most of these games that They're were finishing closer 4-1, than they were, yeah. 5-1, they, there was a couple empty netter goals in, in a lot of these final scores. So they were closer games. But then you got to talk about Ryan Graves, the gravy man. We've, we mentioned him a few times already so far in the playoffs. He's plus nine in that series, and he has been – He's a dominant force on the defensive line. He is that, that presence that I've wanted along the blue line for the past couple seasons that I didn't really see. And now he's finally physically mature enough and strong enough that he can be that big defensive presence. And that that's one thing, too. I said that the defense was a liability going into the postseason. Devon Taves, Kale McCarr, and Ryan Graves are three of the most important players that the Avalanche have had. Talk about Sammy so G also. Yeah, Sam Gerard has been playing great, too. Uh, the defense has just been... I thought we would need Eric Johnson to come back to fully look like a defensive team again. No, those four guys are, are holding down the fort and making life for as much as, as Grubauer is making life easy on them. The defense helps out Grubauer on a few of them too.
1: Oh, I mean the defense 100% is helping out Grubauer, but, when you have a goalie that you trust behind you so much, mm. defense just gets better. That's talk about every great goalie of all time. Talk about Wall. Talk about Brodeur. Uh, I mean, you talk about whoever it may be. All the best goalies had de- defenders in front of them that they made them look good because they didn't have to do much. They could take chances. They could do things where if they made a mistake, you know, back there behind the between the pipes, it's going to be okay to save your butt. Yeah. And that's what this team is doing. The pairing of Graves and Gerard, or Graves and, and McCarr is just unbelievable to watch. And then the, the pairing, uh, the other pairing of Taze and Gerard, or Taze and McCarr. Are you kidding me? Also, don't forget, Bo and Byram very well could be back because we that would be nice. That, so. There's a good shot. He comes back, man. This this team is the best team in hockey. There, there is zero doubt in my mind. It, it, the one thing is going to. Bite us in the ass. Knock on wood, Jimmy, is if we someone gets injured. Or we have another fucking stupid idiot like Kadri do something dumb again. Or he's
0: not going to be back until hopefully talk, we're done talk, with the next series. Talk
1: about game two. One of the reasons why it was six to three was because of five Kadri's five-minute major. Five-minute major,
0: yeah. And the match penalty where he got suspended for Nine games eight games. And eight. I don't even... I mentioned it on last week's episode of Two for Chirping, which you guys should listen to this Friday because I'm getting Griffin back and Jim is going to be on um, as well. There's times where you take a penalty where you run a guy like that, but you don't – you never want to blatantly hit somebody in the head. And when you take a run at a guy, take a run at a guy who might have a possibility of scoring or putting your team in jeopardy. Justin Falk, he's a good defenseman. He's not a great defenseman. And he was skating with the puck. That dude is the equivalent of like a, of a Lamar Jackson where, yes, he's going to snap the ball and he lines up at quarterback, but if he has to throw, he's petrified. Justin Falk does not want to shoot. You don't need to take him out. You don't need to take a run at a guy like that. That sent no message or any – all it did was put your team in a terrible spot. And shout out to the penalty kill who still only gave up the goal with like a minute 15 left. They had held them off for four and a half minutes, four, four minutes, 45 seconds. But, that, yeah, Kadri is 110% to blame. For there is
1: no ones. defending that whatsoever. Look at the history. The history played in that Kadri That was Toronto Maple Leaf Kadri. That was the reason why Toronto never did anything in the first round of the playoffs for so many years. Yeah. Kadri, look, I'm going to tell you right now, because this team is on a mission. Everyone else, every single player on this team outside of Kadri is on a mission. I guarantee you that everyone looked at him and be like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, you better get your head on straight because we're making a cup run, and if you really want to do this BS and really going to fuck with us this much that you're going to give five-minute majors and possibly give the Blues a game, we're not having that.
0: Well, yeah.
1: I th- We could very well see a, see, a, see, a, see a situation where by the time Kaji comes back, he's barely a third-liner, maybe a fourth-liner.
0: Bednar came out and said he was going to be sat down no matter if he got suspended or not by the NHL. Carl Soderberg stepped in and he was the Soder Soderman has line played really he, well. I mean, I'd had no problem with what he's been doing. Also, I know Patrick Nemeth got a lot of heat going into the postseason. He's been playing great along the blue line too. He's he's um a, keeping pucks in on the on his back check. He's setting up offensive plays when he. That's the other defensive pairing that I really like when they play is Taves and Nemeth because Taves can run the quarterback from the the net and Nemeth all he does is just vacuum pucks back to his his wild hogs or wild pack of dogs that are circling with the biscuit because when the avalanche first line gets the puck on their stick it's something to watch
1: everyone's buying into the role everyone is players are stepping up when they have to and
0: only had to score one goal in this
1: series that's scary that's so damn scary talk about one of the guys that had was one of the top leader leaders in goals this year and he only had to score one goal and we dominated 4-0 yeah
0: he I'm, had 33 I'm, in the regular season, I think, and now he only had. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm pretty damn happy about it, and now there's a good chance we'll be seeing that that gold and black team. Well, that's very, the other thing soon.
0: because uh, they had the chance to close it out on home ice, and Minnesota said no, thank you. Um, we talked about the Kim Wild. Kim Talbot said no, thank you. Yeah, Kim Talbot's been saying no, thank you. That defense for Minnesota too is a little bit um, worrisome if they are able to move on past this round. We talked about the wild stealing game one. Vegas came back and won the next three games, 3-1, 5-2, and then 4-0. Minnesota on Monday night ruined the party out there in in Nevada, and they're going to have to go back to Minnesota and see if the the Knights can close this out the night that you guys are listening to this. Um, But I I think this is a win-win either way for the Avalanche because these two teams are playing more games. You're getting an extra day of rest. We've had a week off. Yeah, we haven't played meaningful games since Sunday
1: which look I I mean I love Mark Mosier. he's he's the announcer for the Avs on Altitude and he had a great point is like well do you think really do you think the Avs are going to struggle from this break and I'm, and he was like no because this team, we're talking about a team that has played so many back to backs had had I think something stupid 14 away games in 17 days or something stupid like that mm. and this rest now get your guys healthy this is the this is the best case scenario for the Avs right now
0: they know how to deal with it, too, because they did have the two COVID breaks with the outbreaks that they had, and they were able to come back, weather the storm, and still win the President's Trophy. They were, they are the number one overall seed and in the NHL. And we're
1: seeing the reason why they tried so hard for President's Trophy. We were at one point, yes, both of us were on the point of, let's get this number two seed because yeah. we can beat Minnesota easier. Right. But boy, oh boy, were we wrong, and I'm so happy we were wrong. I am happy we were wrong as well. Because now Vegas has to steal one – Game on the road, no matter if it goes seven or whatever, in Colorado. I don't know if that's possible.
0: No, and with what we saw from the Avalanche or Minnesota, there.
1: excuse me, I'll, I'll say or Minnesota because Minnesota hasn't been eliminated yet. But
0: no, and who who knows? Who knows Kri- Kaprizov hasn't played well, so if yeah. Kaprizov starts finding himself in the playoffs a little bit, that could be a totally different series. But it really is Flurry has Flurry's going toe to toe with Cam Talbot. And that doesn't seem like a fair matchup on paper, but Talbot's been up to the task. Talbot at has least been balling out, I'll tell you so that. far. Um, and now let's get over that. That's the Western Division. Let's move over to the Eastern Division, and I want to give a big shout out to this team because he—they are the reason we have Devontae is able to quarterback our power yep. plays. The New York Islanders, and, and they are good old Semyon Varlamov. Too. They are taking Pittsburgh to the fucking woodshed every single night. I said that this team couldn't score score goals. And they're up 3 1 on me over Pittsburgh. I said, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, they have another run left in them. Tristan Jari is a great goaltender. They're going to run the Islanders out in five games. Uh, wow. No, yeah. I was wrong. That team
1: from Long Island is damn tough. Oh, no doubt about it. Talking about, man, talking about great presence all around the ice. Islanders are taking that underdog mentality into the series completely. Everyone was like, well, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh, man. Jarry has his next big goalie. Jarry has played horrific. Yeah, he has not, not played good at all. Talk about a team that wishes they had either Flurry back or Matt Murray. Yeah, one of the two.
0: One of the two would be perfect right now. Um, talk about a coach in Mike Sullivan who he's 7-4 and four in playoff series, won his first seven hasn't won a playoff series since 2017 wow i did not know that so that's kind of nuts he is this pittsburgh team is running on fumes and i think it's coming into light more what we thought about this team towards the middle of the season that this road their championship window is closed it probably is because now if they get past this the other series in the eastern conference boston completed a gentleman sweep of washington and i really think it came down to a boneheaded play but Whoever comes out of the New York Pittsburgh series is going to get to face Big Bad Boston, who looks like they're back the to their I regular deal, yeah. form. So uh, let's talk about that Boston series. Three games, first three games go into overtime. Did you see the end of game three? I did not know. The puck gets pushed down into the corner, and I believe it was it was Samsonov who was in net for Washington. He goes and grabs the puck and like holds it there. Two Bruins are going down the ice. It was two a two on one situation. He like dawdled back into his crease, and before he even got back down to face, the puck was already shot in underneath him. It was like 30 seconds into overtime, or the second overtime period. Ovi smashes his stick on the boards, and I looked at my dad because it, we were watching it while we were at work, and I go, Washington's done. That's, yeah, that's, that's it, the end that's of the series. Right there, yeah. this, game, this series has been neck and neck. I really didn't think there was too much separation between them in the first couple games, and it could have gone. I, I wrote in a blog a couple weeks ago that this no team was going to win a back-to-back game. That was the one game that Boston won back to back. They won game two and three, and then after that, there, there was just no way that they were going to come back from that.
1: Talk about a team that is that is sorely missing a goalie. Henrik Lundqvist was a guy that they thought was going to be their goalie. Obviously, unfortunately, he had he had to take time off because his heart his heart. And then you also two years ago you had Brayden Holtby, who was a start who was a starter on the Canucks. Yeah, the Canucks were terrible, but Holtby's still a pretty good starter. Oh, and Grubauer. Mm-hmm. The guy that's leading the best team in hockey right now, yeah, both some, we're some on your team over there. In, uh, and the and now you're now you're rely you relied on Samsonov, like a very very young goalie. Don't get me wrong, he played pretty decently in some games, but like he made so so many stupid mistakes.
0: Yeah, well, I mean he's pissed. He pissed everybody off. Ovechkin's fed up. There's talk now. Ovechkin doesn't oh, want to play me. for any other team in the NHL. He's not going to play do that. He has talked about going back to Russia and playing in the KHL. We all know that he's Putin's best friend. We we I, saw his cup,
1: his cup. The, K, the KHL also is very very uh, lenient. Let's put it that way. They uh, let uh, him do whatever the hell they want. Uh, that's why Kovalchuk did not play for New Jersey for all ten years of his contract too, uh, and that's why uh, um, who's over there still? Who's the? Who was the Detroit guy that played over there for like twenty Dotsuk? years? Datsuk. Yeah, Datsuk played after, after he were quote unquote retired in the NHL. He played another ten years in the KHL. He dominated the NHL when yeah. he
0: was playing yeah. there, though. Um, the best. I've been. You got me into Spin Chicklets, and I thank you for that. And I've been listening to a lot of their stories. My favorite one was Whitney talking about when he was over in Russia, Putin's bodyguards clear out oh, the entire yes. arena. And he skates in open ice, and he shoots into empty nets. And every time he scores, his bodyguards have to cheer.
1: They all stand up, cheer, and clap. There was also that that video where he played in a uh, celebrity hockey game, and all the defenders and goalies all let him score every single time.
0: You think we see him go, go against Ovi one-on-one?
1: Oh, my God. Ovechkin, if you're Ovi, like, he, Ovi would be the guy, honestly, to, to try to go at him. Ha! 13-1! <laughs> yeah.
0: And then all of a sudden, Ovi's found... Alexander Ovechkin was found face down in a ditch this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Russian authorities are baffled. <laughs> what? No, there's definitely nothing going on in Russia. We, we, we love all of our Russian listeners. Russian because gas, yeah. They definitely don't block the internet so that you can't hear us. Um... Yeah, I don't know. We're, we're, we're trailing off, so let's uh, let's go to a break. We'll finish up the North and then the Central Division playoffs, and then we'll get into our segments, but we're coming up on an hour, so we'll listen to a message from Fanatics, and we'll be back with more Far Under the Bench here on the Unhinged Sports Network. Benchwarmers, thank you guys for listening to the Unhinged Sports Network, and we wanted to talk about Fanatics once again, our oldest partner, our very first partner on the Unhinged Sports Network. You can still use their link in our bio and make your purchase because there's new jerseys coming out on that site. And, and not just jerseys and shirts. It's anything merchandise-wise. Uh, all of the podcasts on the Unhinged Sports Network talk about it at pod to find the link in our bio and use that to buy your shirt. They've got promo codes every single day. Um, great great deals, great content, great, great merchandise that you can get. Nico, what are some of the things that they can find on the Fanatics website through our link that they can buy?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's March. It's April. Man, we have lots of good stuff coming. But the best time of March is the conference tournaments for college basketball and all those beautiful warm-ups that they use throughout the tournament. If you see a dude losing his mind on the bench with a sick warm-up, uh, through, while you're watching the tournament, go to use the Fanatics ad. Go get you one of the warm ups from those universities and go get support your favorite teams. Because all those just sick warm ups, like I said, sick jerseys, whatever it may be, lots of good stuff. And the All Star game just happened. NBA All Star game happened. Go get you a Nicole Yokos jersey. I'm not sure what the color looks like right now because we're recording it before. But go get you a Nicole Yokos jersey. Go get you, <coughs> excuse me, All Star warm ups. I got an All Star warm up jacket. All fanatics go use, but you have to use that link. Make sure you use that link.
0: Yeah, fanatics, the best place for a sports fan. Get all your different merchandise that you need. Link in our bio at pod Help out the Unhinged Sports Network and support your favorite team. Nico, the best part about 2021 and things starting to open back up again has to be
1: I mean, it's the bars opening up, man. We got the nugs and avs in the playoffs. And where or else am I going to go watch them than our friends up at High Alpine Brewing, don't you think?
0: I mean, it's a lot better than the alternative that we had to do last year, sitting at home watching by yourself and drinking beer. Now you can go out to one of the best, youngest breweries on the western slope of Colorado, out there in Gunnison, the High Alpine Brewing Company, and you can enjoy a great handcrafted beer brewed in the back of the brewery, actually. They hand brew all of their different recipes that are on the menu get a nice pizza sit down and watch some playoff basketball or playoff hockey with I think one of the coolest communities in the state of Colorado they also just opened up their patio seating so be sure to go check out Scott and the High Alpine Brewing Company you can check them out on social media at High Alpine Brew and if you're ever in that area it'd be worth the drive to go take a little bit of a scenic route to Gunnison and enjoy a nice cold beer and some playoff sports with High Alpine Brewing Company. Welcome back, bench warmers. Thank you, guys. Be sure to check out Fanatics. We've been getting a lot of stuff. I'm waiting for them to restock those Jamar Chase white jerseys. And Nico, I know we, we talked about it. We are a, we're now a Philip Grubauer stand podcast. We were a Ryan Graves stand podcast for a while. But you're gonna get that groovy Nordiques jersey once. I don't they, know uh, if the Nordiques
1: jerseys are on Fanatics anymore, but I, be, I might as well just get a Grubauer jersey. You, just you can for that just that load anyways, up yeah. on
0: Grubauer jerseys. Uh, I'm. I'll tell you now. My lucky jersey is not my Nordiques jersey. Lucky jersey that I've been wearing every single game is my red and black, the uh, burgundy and blue one, the generic that has no number on it. That's been my. I don't, I, lucky I've
1: been, jersey. I've had my luck too. I had so I haven't been wearing any of my Avs jerseys. I've been wearing a random T-shirt, but I've been wearing my red Avs hat every single time. There you go. So that's worked. My Nuggets, I switched around. Thank you guys for voting on that. Yeah. My Birdman, Birdman jersey, one, right? yeah, the Birdman jersey will be uh, returning for Game Three and Four. <laughs> Tell yeah. you that. So.
0: I was gonna say I. The lucky jersey only lasts until they lose one in it. Exactly, so once yeah. if the Avalanche do lose a game we'll on this playoff up, yeah. run, I will switch to my Nordiques McCarr jersey and then when they lose when I'm wearing that one, if they lose, I'll switch back because I only have the two actual sweaters. I gotta load up on, on
1: more of them. Like I kinda said, wanna bork one, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that's true. Like I said, we're not superstitious, we're just a little
0: stitches. Uh, moving through the NHL playoffs, we talked about the West and East. So let's go North, eh, and talk about these Canadian guys. Uh, they, uh, the Canadians, man. We're watching Game Two of the Canadian Game, uh, game three. three of the Canadians game Leafs four. series. Excuse us, Game Four.
1: Yeah, two one. Cause, yeah, yes, yeah. Two that's four, math. Yeah. Two plus one is three. So Game Four
0: of the Toronto-Montreal series. Toronto's leading 3-0 as we're watching it. but
1: So they'll be up to a 3-1 lead, it looks like.
0: I'm going to go ahead and take this time to pat myself on the back. I told you guys last week in Beats of the League, Montreal take them as the underdog in the first game of that series. And what did I tell you? Toronto lost in game one. Now, there was some weird situations. Tavares did get stretchered off the ice. Hopefully um, he's able to
1: come back soon. Yeah, yeah
0: I, I, I think he is good and healthy. They just wanted to take that precaution. And... That was a 20-minute break in the first game, so I'll I'll give them some slack there. They seem to have righted the ship. They came back one game two, one game three, and now look like they're going to win game four, because this is about almost halfway through the third period. But yeah, I mean, but this is—they could have very easily wilted. I thought we were about to see Toronto doing Toronto things. They have not won a playoff series since 2004.
1: Yeah, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Is Toronto back? Can we say Toronto's back?
0: If they win a play – that would be –
1: Imagine, though, them blowing a 3-1 streak, lead. Well – Oh, boy.
0: If they blow a 3-1 lead to continue this streak that they're on right That'd now with no playoff series. freaking
1: hilarious. Oh, my gosh. I think
0: Toronto just might explode. I think Austin Matthews They might, would disown the team. They would yeah. say,
1: you're, we're, we're, you're leading us. We don't care about you we, anymore. We would
0: no, lo- we'd no longer wish to have this hockey franchise. We would like to give this back um, – and then Bettman would have no idea what to do because Toronto is basically the center of the hockey world. Let's uh, that, that situation with Tavares in Game One. There was a fight that ended up happening happening after it, which because, I didn't
1: think was needed because I um, mean it was a it was a freak play and Corey Perry was went back to him and made sure yeah. he was okay. So
0: Corey Perry, the ba- the main reason that this fight happened is because Ben Chiaro, who's the guy who um, accidentally kneed Tavares and gave him the concussion. He's the French-Canadian version of Tom Wilson. So uh, he's done this before, injured players before. I think Corey Perry, before they fought, said that he had, he knew that it wasn't on purpose, that it was an accident. I was listening to uh, Biz, Biz was just on, um, pardon my take, and his take on it was they've been just standing around there for 20 minutes. They just saw their captain get stretched off the ice. Yeah, I'm going to fight just so that we get some momentum and, and some juice back going because it's dead in the building right now. Their Canada has been super strict about no fans at all, so yeah, they're still in empty arenas. Um, so they had to some somehow get some momentum and something back on their side. So that's why Corey Perry ended up getting the fight. But that series, so far, Montreal won game one, 2-1, one, and I believe that one went to overtime. And then the Leafs won 5-1 and 2-1. And the, then
1: 3-0. Yeah, they're up if, 3-0 if they right now. they score again, yeah.
0: So, that's, that's one side of the Canadian playoffs.
1: Now, the other side. Oh, man. Talk about the LSR. Let's get to this other side.
0: Winnipeg swept fucking Edmonton.
1: Winnipeg. The freaking Jets, bro. The goddamn home, hometown, Jets.
0: or home province of...
1: Do we know WWE guy? I don't know, probably Chris Jericho. Oh. oh, okay. Winnipeg, Manitoba, I don't, don't, Canada. Look, I was never a geography guy. I'm really not either. <laughs> I only know that one
0: because of our old partners on Two for Chirping.
1: That's true, if that's um, fair. But I mean, look, Winnipeg, shout out Winnipeg, bro. I mean, look, Connor Hellebuck still on his head. Yeah. Mike Smith, I'll give him credit. He played his ass off. But. They, they had no offensive pressure at all. It's crazy to think that Philip Grubauer had more points in the playoffs than Connor McDavid. Who would have thought that?
0: Yeah, kind of nuts. But yeah, that's that that's your MVP, not who's, my uh, MVP. Yeah, who's who's the best player in the world? Because through two, ga- I, through I one series, out, yeah, yeah, I tweeted this out Friday night. At that point, McKinnon had played three games. McDavid had played two. McDavid had zero goals or zero points in two games. Nathan McKinnon had nine points, including five goals and four assists through three games in the playoffs. But McKinnon's not the best player in the league. No, least, I, I'll, I said that on Twitter, Oilers Oilers Twitter, and I know that you guys came after our, our account pretty hard. And I, I said, really, this is the best that you guys can do?
1: Because yeah, your team sucks. Anyways. All you can
0: do is tell me how much better our team is. I was like, that's... Well,
1: well, if McDavid had your guys' surrounding cast. I'm pretty sure Dreisaitl was an MVP candidate last year. He won the MVP last yeah, year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened. He won both. He not. won the
0: Lindsay and the Hart Award last year.
1: Yeah, I guess that we forget about that, huh?
0: Yeah, and Darnell Nurse isn't a top three defenseman in the league and, and can set up offensive plays. You guys have Roger, Nugent Hopkins, too, who I, I watched a little bit of this game last night when it was in the first overtime period. I'll, I will tell you, I, I went back on my Winnipeg take as they kind of started to slow down. Thank you, Winnipeg, for making me look like a giant asshole, and I have to go back on everything that I said because my original take where I thought they had a good enough defense to slow down these high-scoring offenses and goaltending good enough to be able to win some playoff series, I was completely right. I should have just oh, yeah. stuck with my guns the first time Oh yeah. because they executed their game plan to a T, and don't think for a second. If Toronto makes it through that second round, don't think for a second. Winnipeg is going to mess around with any other strategy until Austin Matthews proves that he can beat what Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl couldn't. Because Winnipeg right now is... They are my pick to go through the, the Canadian division. Yeah, because Toronto. Fuck Toronto. Because Toronto's <laughs> going to blow something up in the second round. If they'll they make it
1: they'll do something stupid. I mean... It gets so bad that, that Wayne Gretzky is fucking done, too. Wayne Gretzky is a step down from managerial position for the Oilers. And was like, fuck this. I'm going to go announce for TNT.
0: We can't do – if we can't
1: – The great one about, the great one the left season. you. Yeah. Like David is going to leave you soon because he deserves better, too.
0: Think about the season McDavid had. In 56 games, he scored uh, – I, I actually have it written down here. He scored 100 points in 56 games. He had to score 31 in the final three weeks of the season to make it to that mark in, in the regular season. Oh crap. I think I had it written down. He had 30 goals, 60 something assists. And then in the playoffs, he ended up going out there and finishing with four
1: points. putting a goose egg. Yep. Four points. Didn't Rodriguez. score a point
0: until the third game was held off the scorebook for the first and second game. So it was Leon dry I'm not going to put it all on McDavid, but Edmonton, Gretzky must have made some sort of the same deal that Namath made when the Jets won the Super Bowl because ever since they won those cups and then Messier got the fifth one after Gretzky left for Los Angeles, that organization, if it wasn't for Toronto, Edmonton would be the biggest downtrodden organization in, in the Canadian side of the NHL.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, look, Toronto, Toronto boy. Toronto is just as the, as, the, as the ships against them, but Edmonton, you have... Two of the be- top five players in your, in some people's opinion in the game, and you can't win one game, one game. That's that's where it just blows me away. You were the number two seed in this in this division. You come out swinging and you lose two at home, two you made at home.
0: Everybody look stupid. You didn't just make us us look stupid. You I made I picked you to
1: win the division. You
0: made everybody look stupid. It was. What they did, that was historic levels of meltdown. That might take the cake f- from the 28-3 debacle in the Super Bowl. That might be one of the biggest sports meltdowns. not It's obviously not on the same magnitude because that was the Super Bowl and this is the playoffs. Yeah, well, and you could throw but,
1: the 3-1 lead from the Warriors, too, in there. Yeah, but, I mean, still. Well,
0: but Winnipeg, shout-out Winnipeg, won game one, 4-1. The next one, 1-0, 5-4, 4-3. They won three out of their four games in
1: overtime. That's. I mean, that's gritty. That, that means they wanted it more. Yeah.
0: They they just physically wanted they, to continue to they, play it's, hockey. It's
1: not they were more talented. They just wanted it more. Oh no,
0: not ta- not more talented at all. I don't think anybody would anybody would say that about Winnipeg, comparing them to Edmonton. Um, now let's move on into the Central because the Central has been fairly interesting as well. Neither of those series are finished yet. Nobody's moved on, and uh, we I think we owe the city of Nashville an apology.
1: Yeah, I mean Nashville. Shout out Nashville, man. Nashville, like looks like they they taken a three two series lead too. They are down two zero. They they, play they, they play. they
0: haven't started. They're up two one right now, but they haven't started. Third so
1: yet. still up for grabs in that in that fifth game. But they lose two at home or two on the road. Excuse me to Carolina.
0: I basically told them to pack their bags. Yeah, pack their bags, coming. and
1: here they come. Game three, and they they storm back. I yeah. believe it was that was. Game four was the long overtime game, right? Or was it Game, game three? Four oh was no, Game the, three also. Both them were yeah, adult, it, like double overtime because Game, game three, three
0: thir- I think, went to three overtimes, and they made the Avalanche game. The Avalanche
1: w- game wasn't televised on NBCSN until the third quarter or third period. Wow, third quarter, uh, third second. Period.
0: It was yeah, the third period because it was after the second period, which is absolutely stupid.
1: Thank you Altitude again for not letting us watch that. Uh, but the it's answer- chunky
0: That's. That's Stan, because Stan is greedy and wants more money from the TV company. But, I
1: mean, that's just ridiculous. And three overtimes, come back and win, then game four, you go back and double overtime I think and win, mm-hmm. too. Taylor LeJuan have himself a good old time.
0: I want to create, recreate that video so badly when I go to the Avs game next week, but I don't think they'll let me bring in a catfish.
1: So. Yeah, a catfish unfortunately. And Th- if
0: I take my shirt off, I don't, I'm don't. i not the uh, franchise left tackle in the city, so I think they'll probably kick me out. Yeah, it was I don't think I'll make it through. <laughs> Never mind, I might not be recreating that video when I
1: go. It was kind of funny. I, I mean, I tweeted out i was like quinn minor it's your turn buddy yeah i mean because that belly and 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 the beer i mean that's i thought it was hilarious too is taylor tweeted after uh after the game he was like yeah i got an earful from my wife and daughter about the beer and why daddy did that to us
0: i yeah because uh he did pick up his his three-year-old daughter and, and it was nice and kind about like, it. I, I didn't think he was going to chug a beer. And then he gets thrown the tall boy and then cracks it. And the frat boy, the frat boy from Michigan came out. That oh, wasn't yeah. Taylor Lewan, seven time like three-time all-pro left tackle. That was Taylor Lewan, junior the dad, Michigan. dad, yeah,
1: that wasn't the dad. That uh, was the...
0: And I'm pretty sure he spilled beer all over his three-year-old and his, I don't know if his they brought wife, their yeah. newborn and his wife. It was, It was an interesting situation, but Nashville – Nashville we, is we, a we hockey of I think we forgot to give the credit to guys like Duchesne and guys like Philip Forsberg, because they they single-handedly won game Ryan three Ellis too, in, yeah. in game four. Yeah, Ryan Ellis and Yossi. They're not Roman Yossi. Yossi yeah. Uh, yeah, Roman Yossi. Their goaltender's been no. Yossi
1: is their captain. The goaltender has been uh, a Yar- or has been a uh, Yaros. Yeah, Yaros. Yaros.
0: He's he's been playing great for them too. He's matched Nijelkovic. N- 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 Damn it. I had practiced it before, and I told you it was the name of the playoffs. Najelkovic, the goaltender for Carolina, he's matched him since game two. He got that shutout in game two, and he, he's given up nine goals in the two games since then. I mean,
1: so. I, I'm, I'm love, like, I, I, I went to a Nashville playoff game like four or five years ago, and I'll tell you one thing Nashville is a hockey town. I know it's weird saying that, that's, but that's I mean that's, they have the Titans, but they don't have a basketball team, they don't have a baseball team. It's football and hockey. It is. And that, that 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 town is is a hockey town. Say that.
0: And I mean, they got Carrie Underwood going to their games. Because they got a
1: different country singer every single night. Well, yeah. I mean, Carrie Underwood. Carrie Wood,
0: Underwood is married to uh, the, their former,
1: captain, former Mike captain, Mike Fisher. Yeah. yeah.
0: So the, they they got some good things going. I think that series. I said that initially in my pre-playoff predictions, that was the only series I predicted a sweep. I that series might go seven now. Yeah, I don't know. Well. If if Could, Nashville
1: wins tonight. Could be five or six. Yeah, they might win it six, in six. Or sorry, not five, six, yeah. Um,
0: and then the other, other matchup in the Central Division, Tampa Bay leading the Florida Panthers 3-2 in that playoff series. But I, I think you got to give a whole bunch of credit to this Florida Panther team, mainly because they don't look outmatched playing against the defending Stanley Cup champions. And at, at times they do look better than the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like this that 2-3 is- seeding doesn't – doesn't look out. Yeah, this series
1: has been a lot of fun to watch for people. I was able to watch game one and two, but unfortunately this game they always throw this game on at the same time the Nuggets are on yeah. So I haven't been able to really watch it. But this this series is it's gritty. It's been a lot of fun. It's back and forth. Yeah. It's the battle of Florida for a reason. Both teams are not backing down from each other. And you saw that in game one and two especially they were fighting. They were going at each other and it's mm-hmm. gonna continue. I think this could easily go seven, honestly.
0: Yeah, right now, um I believe their game is also Wednesday night, the, the, the day that you're hearing this on the Unhinged Sports Network, unhingedSN.airtime.pro. But this matchup, I mean, Braden Point and Victor Hedman for the Tampa Bay Lightning are playing great, but they are being matched right now by Huberto and Barkov. And say what you will about Joe Quenville, I don't think that this team should be a team that he's able to make a run with, but that right now yeah, they're showing away. me all the right things. They could make it out of the first round of the Central and then – whoever makes it out of the Carolina-Nashville series is going to have their hands full, whether it's Tampa Bay or it's Florida. There's no easy matchup in the Central. Quentinville
1: world. has always found a way to, to make bad teams good, mm-hmm. whether it be the Avalanche for a little bit of time period, the Blackhawks, who they had talent, don't get me wrong, but they were a bad team for a few years, but they're always a playoff team. Yeah. And then now here in Florida, which which is not a hockey town at all, they're a town that is not in bracelet, but they are fully into it now, and they are getting Tampa Bay, the Santa Cup champions, to run for their money.
0: There you go. Um, and that will be the end of our we, – we went deep dive into the NHL and NBA playoffs. We'll be doing
1: that a lot more in the next yeah. couple weeks. I tell it's, you that.
0: It's going to be a busy few weeks here because we're going to start getting down to the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals. The NBA games are way more spaced out than the NHL games. I'm oh, just yeah, realizing. they are, yeah. And I feel like it should be the opposite. You might need a couple days to recover in between an NHL game more than
1: an NBA game, but that's just me. Hey, uh, that's, I mean, that's Gary Bettman for you.
0: Yeah, that is Gary Bettman. Let's move on now before we get into our, our partnership segments. Most Dominant and bench warmer of the Week. So, Most Dominant Team of the Week, who are you starting us off with? This most
1: Dominant Team of the Week, here we go, baby. We got a winning streak in the Mile High City. The Rockies swept the d Three three games in a row, and then we beat the Mets on uh, Monday, so that's four in a row. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the score is tonight. I'll double check They're that. They're facing
0: Jacob Degrom. I'm just yeah, gonna so probably
1: that. not winning that game. But you know what? That's a winning streak. Yeah. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of happy with that. Um, I'll check I'll check the scores going on with that. But yeah, you know it's a winning streak. We're yeah. having we're having fun. Like I said last week, we were getting our ass kicked by the Padres fan, and now we're winning games. So it's a, it's all good.
0: To quote the great. Lou Brown, general Ma- or manager of the Cleveland Indians in the Seminole Classic Major League, we won one yesterday. If we win one today and tomorrow, it's that's win- what we call a winning, winning streak. streak yep. they have happened before. No, I mean. The win against the Mets was big because it was on the road. We yeah. won a game yeah. on the who, road. Who would have so thought? We, we also hit three of our ten. Quotas.
1: Yeah, update. We're losing three-one. So winning streak's over. Yeah. but you know what? That means you can start another one tomorrow. So, oh
0: man, that that's sad. My my most dominant team of the week is also baseball, but they have a real winning streak going—an eleven-game winning streak from the Texas Much the better games. winning streak, yeah. Eleven games in a row. Their last loss came on May twelfth, and since then they've scored ninety-five runs. Since May twelfth, scored ninety five runs.
1: Twenty—that's twenty five days, something along those lines. Less than that. That was
0: like that was like ten days. Jesus Christ! They are on an absolute roll. So that's my most dominant team of the week. And now moving to the opposite end of the spectrum, our bench warmer of the week. I I will uh, go ahead. We've talked about this guy a lot, and we weren't really giving him a ton of the blame. But if Mc McTe- Nuts is going to be called the number one player in the NHL you got to be able to win a playoff game. And Connor McDavid, you weren't even able to do that against the Winnipeg team that everybody penciled you into already beating. So the fact that you were a uh, – here it is, 33 goals, 72 assists on the season, 105 points. He was plus 21. In the postseason, one goal, three assists, and he was minus two. Jeez. Playing eight more minutes on the ice. He was playing 33 minutes in the, in the playoffs. He played 29 minutes in the regular season on average. Not
1: good. Not good at Not all. Not good. You are
0: the bench of the week for a reason, buddy.
1: I got so I I'm I'm going to cheat here a little bit. I got two bench of the week cuz you you missed out on one bench warmer of the week that I thought was going to be yours. That I'll I'll say that will be mine, but my first bench warmer of the week, the NBA and NHL schedule makers. The the first of all, I am fucking dead tired. I, I got to wake up at 7 a.m. for work, and I, had to, I left Pepsi Center last night at 7 thir- or at 11.30 at yeah. night. I am dead tired. You have the MVP of the league playing at the 8.30 slot. Also, you have the best team in hockey, your President's Trophy winners, also playing at 8.30 at night. In what, how do you build the game without projecting its best team and best player into primetime situations? You don't.
0: Also, the fact that we had to wait two and a half periods to be on cable the other night. Terrible, I get, man. I get the idea of what their timing was. They were trying to time it out so that when you're watching a game in the intermission, you will have another hockey game to flip to, which, is, which is great. But funny. if I get a five-overtime classic in Nashville and Carolina, but I want to watch the Avalanche that are on at the same time, and I have to watch it on the app, which is a delay, so I get the message that the Avalanche scored two minutes before, and then I got to be like... I, I check my watch and see Avalanche score and then I gotta sit there. Okay, well, come on. When is it when are we scoring? Oh oh there it is. Yeah, no that I'm just as excited. I definitely didn't know that was coming. No, that's that's not at all.
1: It's it's bad. It's very bad. It's bad. And then my other bedroom of the week, which I thought was gonna be yours, Ryan O'Reilly. Shout out Ryan O'Reilly, former Avs, yep. but man, we're th- if anyone didn't see the interview before the series, he came out and said, Yeah, we're, guarantee we're a series. He was like, We want to play Colorado. We are looking forward to this series. We feel like we can give these guys a run of the money, run for their money, and I think we can beat them. We're going to win it. We're going to win it. Well, How'd survey sur, survey says, Not working. Well, <laughs> Not it.
0: You're, uh, you're going to be golfing <laughs> for a good portion of the summer. Let's just say that. You'll. You get you it's can golf hit the links early, yeah. Louis, yeah. So Ryan O'Reilly, go work on your uh, back nine. Uh,
1: it's, it's funny. I know I gotta mention this. If you if you told me at the um, beginning of the NHL season that we had to trade Nolan Arenado to the Cardinals for us to sweep the Blues in the first round and win the Santa Cup, I'd take that ten times out of ten. We're also Nolan Arenado died for the Avalanche since.
0: <laughs> Nolan, Nolan Arenado is our Messiah and he is our martyr and and I will gladly take it because we got the we we not only beat the blues we embarrassed the blues and swept them in four games the uh, you know they had 11 guys from their stanley cup champion team on their roster and uh, they, they didn't finish mm. most of them didn't finish finish the series
1: yeah not didn't really work too well for them
0: no i didn't want to give ryan o'reilly too much too much flack i like him i like ryan yeah. o'reilly i like and him and he lot. was the only reason that the he, he was outside of jordan biddington he was the only guy on the blues that did anything yeah he was the only other person threatening the avalanche at any other time so that, that makes sense um and by the way oilers nation yes Connor mcdavid did win my bench warmer of the week i still stand by that mckinnon is better than him and if you want to come at me at F E O T B pod at jimmy palato let's hear it tell me what your argument is try and argue it and i'll just tell you again my guy's still playing it's true facts your guy went home in four my guy is still playing
1: my guy won it 4
0: let's go uh let's move on now to our partnership segments what's brewing Presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company. Follow them at High Alpine Brew and check them out. If you're in Gunnison, their patio is open. Pizza and beer on the patio in the nice mountain mountain air. It's not going to be too hot. It's like 70 degrees because...
1: Got to get there before it gets too hot.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's uh, And the sun will be bright, so wear some shades. But it, it's a, a great place out there. And I'll go ahead because I think I surprised you a little bit with this one. Shout out TMZ Sports because you're where I get a lot of my What's Brewing news. Uh how badly have you ever wanted? Like we we played youth sports together. We played high school sports together. You've been mad at referees, right?
1: I'm a coach now. Of course, yeah. I do. And
0: you've you've been upset with the referees. How well, upset have, would you say you've been at a referee?
1: I've been very like 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 upset to the point of where I almost like I'll be honest. Last one one, our, one of our tournaments, I uh, I was coaching. I, I was all, I was about ready to get a double technical. I was like, "Yep, yeah, I'm gonna make you." Call all technicals at me, because it's not like I'm gonna get fined. I'm gonna make you do something uh, that you don't want to do. You, have you ever,
0: have you ever felt the need to physically accost one of these officials that you've I'm, not that, I'm not that dumb. No.
1: I mean, sometimes you know, think about it. I mean, but uh, it, it's not something I'd ever do.
0: Well, I'm gonna tell you, there's a 12-year-old Dominican boy who uh, cares about his sport much more than we ever cared about any of ours. He did not agree with a strike that was called from the umpire. Apparently, this guy has had not been calling a very good game that whole time.
1: Oh, who would have thought that? Yeah,
0: he uh, (laughs) took off his helmet and threw it at the umpire and then proceeded to grab his bat in a threatening manner and try and go after him again before he was separated by the team that was out in the field and the coaching staff. Oh, my gosh. No, he was about to uh, – he took it so far. He wanted to win so badly. He was about ready to commit aggravated battery with a deadly weapon.
1: Jesus Christ. That's crazy. I think it's funny we're talking about refs right now because Jokic said it, said it great in the post-game interview in Game 2. He's like, I don't know why anybody wants to be refs or a co- or a referee. Mm-hmm. The, 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 you, you, you don't make good calls. You don't make bad calls. You're just stupid, and everybody hates you. Yeah, That's exactly what he says.
0: I, I, this is mainly a reminder. I know how mad we get at officials, but it's never worth – Trying to kill somebody. Over,
1: oh yeah, right? you, you 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 can get angry, but you don't have to get it physical.
0: Unless you're refing a soccer game down in South America, then all bets are off. If you make a bad call, your head is ending up on a stake in the middle of the field. That's what's going on. That's my what's brewing, presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company. So what's my, my brewing?
1: what's brewing? We have the new best rivalry in golf. The new best rival in golf, good old Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. Boy, do these two hate each other! There's a couple. Of oh my gosh, these golfers. These two hate each other. So we so talk about so Brooksie. I'll talk about Phil here in a little bit at the uh, a little bit later because he had a fantastic win this past weekend. But Brooks was having an interview. And Bryson, who has metal metal spikes mm-hmm. as cle as as his shoes, was walking on the gravel and w- and was uh, talking shit to Brooks as he walked by him as Brooks was doing an interview, and Brooks was like, he stopped and was just like, I lost my train of thought. Fuck that guy. He he said he he just lightly said it, he was like this. Fu- it was like this lack of respect or this idiot. And these two do not like each other. Mm-hmm. Talk about two dudes that are that are. Uh, like kind of personality is a little bit the same, mm-hmm. but Bryson just embraces this hate so much. And Brooks is kind of, I can, I'll be respectful, but I'm going to be a bad boy still. Yeah. And it's, it, cause that's, that's the rivalry that golf needs because we had Phil versus tiger. We had Jack versus Arnold. I mean, you can talk about all the great rivals golf. Well, we had a new one, ladies and gentlemen. We have bad, pretty two, ba- pretty bad boys. You have Brooksy with uh, the the uh, goatee, and you have Bryson with the hammer.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the Hambone versus Blake Brooks. Don't call me Blake Kepka. Shout out all the AWLs because did you? Uh, he sunk like a birdie putt, and then one of the. Listeners, of my take at the whole was caught on the hot mics. You're gonna be you're gonna win Blake of the Year for sure this year, Brooksy. Um No, that would be a battle of heavyweights if those two win at it. I would like to see a Happy Gilmore yeah, and are, Bob Barker style face They are not fans down.
1: of each other at all. It, it was a hilarious interview. Brooksy was like, "Yeah, air that. I don't give a damn." Because he he cussed him out. He's like, "Please air that." Because the the because uh, it was a it was a it wasn't actually aired on TV. It came out on Twitter. Yeah. And he, the, the, because the, he cussed and lost his train of thought and they let him redo it. But he told the guy that's, uh, that was questioning or that was ans- asking him questions was like, please air that. I don't care.
0: I mean, they, they could use something. They could use some ratings, especially now that Tiger's not going to be competing in the near future. I, I think that's a good one. We, we, that's good, good couple what's brewing there from presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company. Now let's move on to, uh, Off the Hinges, which has become, I think a lot of people are starting to like this, this segment a little bit more. This is presented by the Unhinged Sports Network, which is now the home of the Fighting for a Dream series following the uh, Danish-American Football Federation Solograd Gold Diggers. That's what you can find on the Unhinged Sports Network website and the YouTube channel. Follow them at Network Unhinged. Uh, and I'll let you start for Off the Hinges. What's, what's my, driving my, you crazy? My minute?
1: Off the Hinges, man, look. Why do you gotta punch a man when he's down? The rock, the Rockies, we're not a good organization right now, and this BS about about the 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 thermal gun against the bench, the the uh, the uh, I guess a Brewers former catcher came out on a Yankees podcast or something and said that the Rockies uh, were one of the teams that also tip pitches and i i I mean i i don't know where that came from or what he thought i mean look
0: if we are cheating we gotta get a lot better we gotta get a lot better
1: (laughs) at (laughs) cheating but i mean it's it's ridiculous like people are now just trying to cover their own ass Mm. at this point because everyone has basically done something illegal in some sort every every single MLB mlb team has done something against the rules and we're we're saying we'll fuck the Rockies because you know what? Let's take the heat off the Astros because you know they won the World Series and they deserved it and they didn't cheat that badly. But let's try to put some other people under the under the bus because their organization is shut shit right now because because of that situation. So I whatever like whatever it's it's. It got blown over so fast. This wasn't a thing that was shown on ESPN. It wasn't a thing that anybody talked about. I didn't even hear about it. Yeah, no one talks about it because everyone was like, who the fuck cares? Because like, first of all, the Rockies are not good, like I said. And two, the amount of times people are coming out just because they try to get publicity on, on their own podcast. I mean, we do it. I mean, We do it. What? But we do it, but people are just trying to get publicity out there to try to get their shows ratings, and that's what happens.
0: Yeah, and I think it's very telling because my Off the Hinges also has something to do with baseball. We talk, we've had a, a conversation a couple of times. Baseball is dying. It used to be America's past. Very team, but much so. Now, I mean, I think the Stanley Cup playoffs are more watched than the MLB playoffs once it comes to the fall and everything like that. But my Off the Hinges is also surrounding baseball, and it's kind of an update as to what we were talking about last week. If you weren't, If you didn't listen to episode 41, go back and listen to it on your favorite podcasting platform and then leave a five-star rating in a review so that we can read that on the podcast. Um, but Yerman Mercedes, the White Sox were leading the Reds 15-4. to four, It was the top of the ninth. There was a position player on the mound. And rookie of the year candidate, Yerman Mercedes, for the Chicago White Sox, had a 3-0 count. Baseball rules say you take that pitch. You just let them walk you because you're just trying to get out of the game faster. Like I said, he yacked a 400-foot bomb off a 47-mile-per-hour meatball that I don't think he's... Even he was like, I can't. I can't turn this down. I, I, I can't. I got to swing at this. His manager, Tony La Russa, former Cardinals manager, so he's obviously not a good, good person, has more DUIs than playoff series wins, I think. That's you, want, just- you want to talk
1: about standards.
0: Yeah. Uh, he came out and said, he, he's directly quoted, the fact he's a rookie and excited helps explain why he was just clueless, but now he's got a clue. He, he's talking like MLB, like the unwritten rules of baseball are like the mob. Like he went against the family, and now he's gonna have to pay for it. He's thinking the way he's talking. I think he's gonna have some of the White Sox pitchers throw at him in batting
1: practice. There's, I mean, it, it's terrible. Like, first of all, I'm for this so much because another factor that people aren't really talking about: players have stipulations in their contracts to get more money off of incentives. Mm-hmm. Players hit home runs. Players hit for certain averages. If you give me a meatball and I have a chance to get another home run added to my total and I get a chance to win more money at the end of the season, I'm going to freaking do it. Mm-hmm. You're not telling me to stop it now. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you, you're getting your ass kicked by 15 runs and you throw a position player out there, don't give me that BS. I don't care if it's a position player. Anthony Rizzo struck out Freddie Freeman this year. We've seen stupid things happen. You throw a meatball, he has all the right in the world to go yard because he's trying to get on his own highlight. Because a yeah. position player is like, you know what is this is my time to shine. I'm going to try to get a strike out. If you can't throw a strike and you can throw a meatball up, i am i to go yard two if I could. Probably can't, but if I could, I would.
0: Uh, if I saw something like that and I was a professional player, also think about it this way. You remember Mercedes is a rookie this year, but he's an older rookie in baseball standards. I think he's 23, so he's got to get something going very quickly. He's about to be coming up on a big contract, and if he wants to actually get paid, he's going to have to make some noise. So I, I get what he was doing by swinging. My thing is, if you're Tony La Russa, you should have your guys back. If I don't trust you as a player, as my manager, why am I gonna go out there and play for you? And why are you to tell me anything is wrong? Like, dude, you, you have been pulled over with alcohol on your breath more than Peter Griffin and he's a fucking cartoon character.
1: It's, it's, you and
0: Johnny Damon are right now battling for most DUIs per capita per lifetime at this point. That's where that's where MLB is. We have managers coming out and threatening their own players and former stars just out in the in the middle of the media. Just with, terrible. It's just not terrible. good. Now let's move on to uh, it's still what's on your screen. Remember, we're no longer affiliated with FUBO TV as the Unhinged Sports Network. So this is just brought to you by the Far End of the Bench Podcast. Follow us at feotb pod. Wow, we are uh, being haunted by a GoPro ghost at this point. Um, But let's move on to what's on our screen. And uh, I'll go first because we got some announcements that I want to just get out there. It's not coming. It's coming soon. Once the playoffs start dying down, maybe when the the Nuggets or Avalanche, knock on wood, hopefully don't get eliminated. But if they do get eliminated, we might move this up. But we are going to have some new content coming your way on our YouTube channel. We mentioned it around March Madness time, but now we are going to give you the full name, which we talked about. it. It's going to be what it could have sounded like or how it should have sounded. is going to be the name of the series and what we're going to do. Since we never really get a great game to cast on Color Cast, We've gotten one, luckily. Yeah, one really good, one good one game that kind of came down <laughs> to the wire. Other, other than that, we've been getting mostly blowouts and, and not really tight-knit games. But well, we're going to take some of our favorite sports moments, and we're also going to let you guys... Tell us your favorite sports moments, and we will uh, talk about the history and kind of the situation of the game. And then we we will also be posting ourselves uh, making the call for that moment on our YouTube channel. So that's going to be coming up here once the playoffs kind of die down and we get to that part of the season where it's just baseball. Off season, season, yeah. yeah, The the dead season. Our first off season before the the bench podcast. We're going to start bringing you that content, but that's going to be how it could have sounded. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you have suggestions, DM us or tweet at us at F E O T B pod what sports moment you'd like to hear our uh, rendition of the famous call an example the helicopter play for the broncos the john elway when he scrambles in super bowl 32 anything like that we'll talk about the uh, significance of it and we'll give our best rendition of what it could have sounded like because just,
1: just a bunch more youtube content i'll yeah. tell you that a lot more stuff coming your way um for my what's what's on my screen like I said, it's pretty easy. Game three on Thursday. Game four, I believe, is Sunday, or it might be Saturday, Um Gonna need to be eyes on the TV. May Jimmy and I will probably be casting those as well. Um, so you guys have to look out for that. Like I said, we're still we got we made the bracket for the caster challenge. We've been slacking because I've been at the games, and we both had busy weekends, so a little bit slacking. But we'll get we'll get those things backed up soon. Like I said, we gotta get past the first round, win some money, uh, so we can face our friends at Highland Sports for that matter in the second round. So be on look out for that because like I said, we'll be casting some games here soon.
0: Playoff. Playoff sports are going to be on my screens constantly as well, but I do want to get the word out about our YouTube content. Um, and then also before we move into beats of the week, we are going to be having a summer playlist. It's going to be a uh, Summer on the Bench playlist. We're starting that uh we're, we're going to make it and then make it a public playlist on Spotify. So if you need some tunes if you got a road trip coming up this summer or if you uh, get put on the ox, we'll we'll have some music that we've been listening to that you guys can check out on our spot on our, our Spotify page as well at F E O T V pod. All right. Let's, uh, let's try and win some people some money. Like I said, my, if you listened to me last week, you would have been able to make some money. And you were telling me before the podcast, you made a quick 10 bucks before you, you went to bed. Oh last yeah. Night.
1: Wait, qu- quick and easy. The, the jets were like the, not the, not the football jets, no. the hockey jets, Yeah the, the good jets were, were the, uh, were the underdog in the, um, Overtime game against Edmonton. I took, I, th- I threw ten bucks on it real quick before I went to bed. Woke up with money in my account.
0: There you go. That's all you got to do. So let's get into beats of the week, um, and I'll start with mine. Over/under for Vegas and Minnesota's game later tonight. The over for is five and a half goals, and it's at plus one hundred. Um, I think that this is going to be a necessity if Vegas is going to win this game and close out the series. They're going to have to score, and then I think they also probably want to prove to the Avalanche that they can score with them too because they really haven't put up too many goals in a game. And if they're going to beat Minnesota, they're going to kind of – I think they got to run the A can of
1: worms field. is going to open up is what you're saying? Yeah. Both goalies are going to have their worst game of the series? Ho-
0: possibly. I think Cam Talbot, if I'm going to – pick one goalie to continue on his hot streak it's going to be flurry and i think cam talbot's in for a rude awakening guys like stone guys like um guys Petrangelo. like mark stone has the stones yeah mark, mark stone's <laughs> got the stones and Petrangelo's is a great defensive uh, offensive defenseman they vegas is a very good team and that's not something that we can look past that's why i kind of hope minnesota steals it but if vegas is going to win over five and a half goals bang that and it's plus 100 so you you'll get a pretty good return back.
1: Pretty good one. My first beats of the week nugs blazers is going to go seven games guaranteed plus 150 take those odds this is going to be a series back and forth back and forth back and forth it's not going to be one team over the other i think this is going to be a very very grind out series i think we get game seven back here in denver we get our chance at redemption from two years ago when portland beat us on our home court game seven we get a redemption and we knock them off game seven so nugs blazers go seven games plus
0: 150 well i'm I'm going to switch up and tell you one one of mine out of order because we have a beat that kind of goes directly against each other. The Nuggets to win the series in six is plus 550, which is a better return than – ha- The reason
1: why I hate that is yeah. just because it's in Portland. Well, that's true. That's one of the reasons why I don't like it, that. It would
0: be difficult, but I was going mainly for return. If you want a big return for not a lot, plus 550 for the Nuggets to win in six, but I do agree with you that the two teams – like the Blazers and the Nuggets are too close – it's going to go back and forth, and no team is going to win back-to-back games. So, plus uh, Nuggets and six, plus 550, if you have faith what, in yeah. Michael Malone and Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic that they can get it done in Portland, it's a big line for you.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. My next one, I have Wild to beat Vegas in the series, plus 430. Like I said, Ooh. I wishful thinking. I like what you said. Wishful thinking. I'm just going to throw it out there, I think. Wild, I think wild. Like Minnesota's the only one in Vegas. I think they went home, and I think they go to game seven. I think it makes it interesting. Um, so I would love to see an upset. So give me, give me Minnesota plus 430. Minnesota's
0: only won in Vegas right now, by the way. They won game kind of one crazy in Vegas. Guy. They've won game six in Vegas, so or game five in Vegas, and now game six at home. Why not? They've already proven they can win on the road, they just got to prove that they can win in their own building. I, I don't, I don't mind that one. Uh, My last beat is for the Nuggets game Thursday night. They are plus 138 underdogs in game three for the first game in Portland. I thought that was kind of crazy with the way that they came out in game two. But that's also, I mean, the odds makers see this very similar to what we do. It's going to be back and forth, and no team is going to be able to hold an advantage for too long. But the Nuggets plus 138 underdogs Thursday night in game three. If you're listening to this earlier on in in our uh, little after it's released, be sure to take that because – I, I like the Nuggets to win the next game. Maybe I, I yeah. think that it could—it's a pretty good possibility.
1: Yeah, I think it could very, very good possibility. My last one was a one that just caught my eye. I was like, because I was looking for MMA bets this weekend. There's no MMA fights or UFC fights. Excuse me. There's probably Bellator and one championship and all that, but there's no UFC card this weekend. And um, I was looking at the fights, and I was like, wait, what? Ngannou versus Jones? Odds are out. And there's, there a a, there's, a there's a date set. There's a date, December 31st. I mean, I, I don't know if they just put that down that's just for the heck of it, but that's notable. Like yeah. you put there's there's odds. There's a date. There, I mean, it did say 5 a.m. on December 31st. So that means it's probably just a makeup date or whatever mm-hmm. that they'll adjust the date on it. But I thought it was very very interesting that those odds were there. I'll, 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 the odds right now they hadn't gone a favor, which is kind of actually it might have been might have been split. Um, but I thought it was very, very interesting.
0: December could be a big month for heavyweight combat sports. Yeah, GANU
1: favorite minus one sixty eight, and John Jones is plus one eighty five. Kind of interesting.
0: Uh, I mean, uh, Jones' first fight at two sixty five, and I think the Adesanya fight versus Blockowitz has a lot to do with the way that line's set up. But that's also tentatively, I think that uh, Tyson Fury is going to beat Deontay Wilder in the third match that they're forced to have legally. That's around the date that Joshua Fury was supposed to happen initially is in December. So that could be a big month for heavyweight combat sports. Yeah, we might baby, have to get yeah. the problem Rev Coca back on the podcast for something like that. Um, so, yeah, that's Beats of the Week. Get some money, win some money. We'll, well, we're helping you out when we can. We're trying to help you out when we can. We had to admit defeat last week. but Now let's uh, finish out this episode with Play of the Week and Player of the Week, and let's send everybody else on the way to finishing out their the rest of their work week so play of the week and my my one I'll go first because it's it was important I think it was important for this guy to get a goal when he did Miko Rantanen went backhand forehand and then went right through Bennington's legs made Bennington look stupid foolish Miko Rantanen gets his one and only goal of the playoffs so far but it was just bound to happen Miko Rantanen has been turned away by Jordan Bennington in that series three or four times on just absolutely incredible saves and then he was able to finally prove, a hey Bennington, you didn't shut me out this series. I would just let another guy score. Oh, I'm just yeah. going to sauce it through your legs real quick. Yeah, shout out,
1: Miko. My play of the week, I'm going to give you another honorable mention because this is – I have to mention it. Faku with a nutmeg pass. Nutmeg in between McCollum's legs. That's the Jokic with the – Jokic got the end one. Love everything Faku does. Well, my play of the week, this is the loudest I've heard – ball arena in two years and so i'll, I'll play the sequence mpj gets us or i think it's faku or oh no it was monte monte strips the ball from from uh dami the ball's on the floor mpj dies on it he's able to steal it he throws it up to monte monte gets the ball to shaq harrison shaq harrison posters and i mean poster cj mcclellan on his head i when i tell you the whole arena was rocking Every single person, at least a Nuggets fan, because I had a stupid Blazers fan behind me, which was, he was hearing it all night. But every single Nuggets fan got on their feet, losing their mind, and it brought chills to me, man. It was, and Like I said, he's a two-way player. Mm-hmm. He dunked on a player that is arguably one of the best shooting guards in the league right now, and he poured it on his head. It was so nice.
0: Colorado sports dominated. Playoff run in the Mile High City. We're having big moments with both the Nuggets and the Avalanche. Now, players of the week. Who is your player of the week?
1: I'll, I'll give you my player of the week, and then I'll give you my MVP stat line of the yeah, week MVP after you. But My player of the week, Phil Milkeson. Shout out, Phil. Oldest at 50 years old. He is the oldest man to ever win a ma- major in in, in, in golf. Mm-hmm. And he came out and balled out at the PGA Championship. He a yeah. man on a mission. It was cool to see him and Brooksy were going back and forth. And he hit this chip in from the sand that was unreal. He chipped it in, and it was it was, it was such a gorgeous shot. And, and Phil, at 50 years old, the good old lefty is still chugging along. I know lefty. it's weird because golf, you can play until you're freaking 90. But, I mean, at 50 years old, winning a major championship is pretty damn, pretty damn cool.
0: He hadn't won a major tournament, I think, in 14 that he's played in yep. since his last victory. This is also – He's won a major now in three separate decades because he won his first one, I think, back in the 90s. 90s and, and then 2000s, the 2000s, 2000s. and now in 2020. I don't know if he won one. I think
1: two. it might have been the 2000s, 2010s, and then 2020s. There you go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it was a cool moment for him. And he's had been he's he been up there towards the cut line yeah, a couple times yeah. in, in a few tournaments. But this one, the meltdown never happened. He, sure I think right. he finally felt good enough. He's like, I might have one last good shot in me. And he, he was able to take down shout out Kepka because Brooks the way he he looked a lot better that was a totally different Brooks Kepka, Kepka than yeah, what we brooks, saw in the Masters.
1: Brooks he had, was very was injured too mm-hmm. he had surgery not too long ago he's he he's, he's finally
0: form. he's finally not golfing injured he's probably just in some pain but i think the turnaround that we saw from the masters to the pga championship brooks will be
1: back winning majors here pretty soon yeah but man good for phil no doubt about it if you if you would have told me in 2019 january 2019 that we are going to get a tiger and another and phil major championship again i'd be like you're losing your mind there's no shot time we're backwards in time
0: benjamin button that's that's what 2021 is going to be we're just moving backwards in time everybody's uh winning that hasn't won in a while my player of the week is aaron gordon because everything that I've seen, he requested to be put on Damian Lillard. He saw the guy score 34 points in the first half, and he goes up to Michael Malone and says, I can shut him down. And he did that. Ten points He didn't in shut 30. him
1: down, but he, he minimalized him. Only 10 points in two quarters when the guy had scored
0: 35 in the first half. Only 10 points in two quarters. And that was really when Aaron Gordon was brought in, he brings an athletic presence to the offense that they didn't necessarily have. And now he's able to be a competent defender on the wing we'll see if they continue with that strategy but it was a great showing from him in that game too i yeah. give a lot of a lot of credit to ag Five O.
1: that's one of the reasons why i picked him up right for yeah. defense so and now let's get to your mvp stat line of the week nico's favorite part of the my show. favorite part of the show <laughs> this is this may be the oh bl- by the way it's nicola Jokic. Yeah, i nicola. don't know what the national they were, they were saying my full name Nikola. Nicol- yeah Nikola. Nicol- it's, Nicola. Nicola. It's, it's the MVP of the league You still don't know how to say his name right Give me a break TNT But okay well First of all by the time this next episode comes out, we may have we may be talking about Jokic very first because the the results of the um, awards are slowly coming out. Like yesterday, Sixth Man of the Year was award was given Jordan Clarkson. Today on Tuesday, it was um, Julius Randle Julius Randle most, most, most Improved. So that means by the weekend, by Game Five, we could be seeing Nikola Jokic raise that MVP trophy at in his home arena. So I'm very very excited for that. But man, talk about a, a wonderful first two games of the series. By, by the way, Portland, quote-unquote, shut him down, by the way. Quote-unquote. Did not do that at all. But yogic' first game, only one assist. Not 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 his best assist night. Selfish. But came in, 34 points, 12 rebounds, and a loss, unfortunately. Pretty decent stat for a center, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then finally, in game two, he stepped up even big time. 38 points, Um 12 rebounds and I think it was six assists. I'm still trying to pull it up, um, but the dude, dude came out firing. This is your MVP, ladies and gentlemen, and it's going to be it's a, it's going to be the first MVP in Nuggets history. It's going to be, uh, yeah, I'll give you the correct stats. Averaging in the playoffs, uh, 61% from field, three point percentage, 45 for a center, um, rebounds, 12 12 rebounds a game, three assists a game. steals a game, three fouls a game, two and a half turnovers, which isn't terrible, and 36 points. Dude has been unreal in the playoffs thus far. That's only two games, so it's only going to continue. But I cannot wait to see him be the MVP, and he is the great. He he's on the way of being the greatest ever Nugget of all time.
0: This is the first step. He's accomplishing something that nobody else in the how I. 30 plus year history been of the Denver Nuggets. It's been longer than that. It's been well, longer than 60, that. Yeah. 60 plus year history yeah. of the Denver Nuggets. He's going to be the first guy to win the MVP of the NBA of the National Basketball Association. It's a so, huge
1: it's a watershed moment in, in Denver professional sports. Second history. round pick, probably the greatest second round pick in Cordita NBA history, Crunch, right? Was yeah. that or yeah, no, Quesarito. The, the Quesarito. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Quesarito. I may have to have, to get, a have to get a Quesarito To Quesarito, celebrate yeah. a, celebrate Quesarito. the MVP. And
0: yeah. then uh, spend the rest of the night on the toilet get to watch his sure. MVP speech <laughs> from uh my, yeah, phone, on my with phone, the yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's uh, – Nikola Jokic is, is – He's special. He's becoming the next great player in Denver sports history, uh, the likes of Joe Sackick, John Elway, um, on those guys' levels. So that's going to be it for episode 42 of The Far End of the Bench. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure, if you are listening on the Unhinged Sports Network, thank you. But if you're not, you can check out the live premieres of each episode. It's Wednesdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern, unhingedSN.airtime.pro.com. We are leading you through your lunch hour, so if you get a, a lunch break at that time, be sure to check us out there. If not, we're available on demand directly after all podcasting platforms. It's where you can find them and, and go back and listen to them. We've had a lot of people going back and listening to a couple previous episodes, so uh, we, we do appreciate that. Like we said, if you're listening on a podcasting app, leave a five-star rating and a review. As long as it's a five-star rating, we will read what you guys put in the review on the podcast. I'm hesitant to say that because who knows what's what we're going to get but hey we're going to try it out we want to hear more from you guys we love interacting with our listeners and everything like that we got a lot more great content coming up for you guys so follow us at feotb pod and uh, keep sure to be be sure to keep rocking with us because we got a busy few weeks ahead of us
1: yeah it's going to be like i said the abs Nuggets content is going to be constant for the next Month and a half, two months, hopefully.
0: Oh, by the way, shout out Nico for the Nuggets logo that you guys are seeing on the podcasting app. If you're listening to this on demand, we said that we had the we we showed you the Avalanche one last week. We got the Nuggets one rolling this week because we're switching off and giving equal love. But that's been. uh we're, we're rocking with the Mile High City. so Mile High
1: City the whole way, baby. Like I said, we're we're going to be all aboard bull trains, and we ho- we're glad you guys are coming along with us.
0: Be sure to join the altitude. Come join us, Far End of the Bench, Unhinged Podcast of the Year of 2020, and I'm looking to repeat that title in 2021. And then we are going to have two championship parades to go to here in the early summer months. But for everybody here at the Far End of the Bench, which is Nico, myself, and Boomer, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week.
1: Peace! When the night is cold and lonely This is the Dollar
0: Bell beat.
1: Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them person, I made it a habit. Told them pictures and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire the beat. All the fans are getting mad at me. I'm getting to it, feel like the man. I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out but the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk. I'm going here, I'm going crazy. I'm here, we're sticking up for nigga. Let that music like a look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out the nine and I sell it for 30 straight to the